cow, meow, brown cow. the show how y'all doing my name is ultimate djs and you're listening to wkrq cincinnati 1300 a.m i'm kidding (laughs) eight minutes before the top of the hour coming up this hour bubba joe writes your stupid news we will discuss board crewing alternatives plus do you have questions about fleet commanders Listen to this Fleet Commander special report. Plus news and traffic. All coming up today. (laughs) Oh, there's a story. There's a story there. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the show. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Welcoming you into the live studio audience and in podcast form, be it on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and probably like a dozen or two more welcome you in wherever you may be, whenever you may be. We appreciate you being here. Who was with us in our live studio audience? Well, let's call them out. In a Talking Trek server sound off. Royal Power starts us off on 36. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome. Welcome. I Beglin on 32. Shady Pines on 27 and 29. Bernard on 28. Dale on 34. OBG on server 44. Thank you. Welcome into the show. Indominus Prime on 52. Thank you. Noon Whistle on 29. Vic on 40. Piano Man on server 11. Jerry Ryan on 146. JT Bob on 156. The Destroyer on 43. Cash on uh, 13. Captain Oblivious on server 29. Mighty Croc on server 8, Arian on 30, pooping all the time on server 42, Zandies on server 12, Beat for the Gods on server 17, Shinzola on 153, and Honey on servers 10 and 43, Jayberg on 32, Maximum Hunter Dude on server 28, King Kirky on 181, Lost on server 55, Dark Menace on 140, Aquila Hawk on server 21, Felonious Squirrel on server 9, Doug on 47, Joker on server 16, wishing a happy second streaming anniversary to Madam Vice Plancident. Ooh, that's kind of funny, Joker. I like that one. <clears throat> Dude, Bubba, we were talking right before the show, and now all of a sudden I've got a frog in my throat. Hang on. Dude, like all of a sudden, as soon you know what? It was the voice. It was trying to do that silly KPRQ or whatever it was. Strained my voice. I hurt myself. Uh, good evening, what everybody. what you get for trying to fool around. I know. All these shenanigans. I'm just trying to play and have a little bit of fun. I screwed everything up. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the show. My name is Ultimate DJs. 141 additional messages 
in the Talking Trek server sound off. 373 folks jamming into our live studio audience. Appreciate you all and welcome into the show. Appreciate you guys being here. On the stage, we've got Santa Arian. Uh, good evening. Welcome into the show. How are you? You you must be about ready to to take a deep breath and start on all of next year's toys, right? How long how long do you yes. how long do you give yourself a break for before you and the elves get back to work? I th- I think that we need to start up in August this year. Wow, an eight so month break, we're, we're huh? Have eight it's yep. pretty pretty generous. <laughs> I, I heard <laughs> I heard the North Pole guy gives him like a week, and he's like, okay, back to work. Let's go. Let's go back to work. It's true. Um, for those of you who might have missed it <clears throat> in the announcements room earlier today, we showed a few preliminary photographs, Arian, of some of the stash that has been sent to our Christmas angel families. Wow. Like, you know, I think I told you guys after uh, shortly after the Christmas break that like I felt like Mrs. DJs went overboard. You know, just like the presence just kept coming out. It's like the tree just barfed everywhere. And and there just were presents coming out of everybody's ears. And I'm thinking to myself, God, like, we, we, we overdid it. We overdid it. And then I look at these photos, Arian, and I'm like, okay, like, we probably overdid it. There is an entire room <laughs> stacked yep. from floor to ceiling. With, with stuff for our Christmas angel families. It's absolutely amazing. So uh, good job to you. If you didn't get a chance to read that announcement in the uh, Discord earlier, I invite you to come and check it out. It should touch your soul. Um, but uh, you guys are going to you know, start to now see the efforts uh, that you guys all put together. And, Arian, we're not done, right? Like, now everything is getting wrapped. Um, and deliveries are probably going to occur here, what, over the next couple of days, right? Yeah, over the course of this week, he's going to start visiting each family with uh, with their gifts. It's crazy, and and we Bubba, we didn't do small stuff like this. Isn't this isn't like you know boxes full of like you know toys like Happy Meal toys or anything? We're talking. Arian hooked up with a three D printer um, for our friend Glebe. She ordered what three game consoles. Two, yep, three switches. Two laptops. Uh, three laptops. Oh, three three laptops. A couple of drones. Yep. Tons yep. of tons of clothes and and candles and dolls and Lego sets. I'm, oh my god! How if you if you took all those <laughs> Lego sets? By the way, I went back and counted it. Fifteen hundred dollars worth of Lego sets, Bubba Joe. You'd have been in heaven. Well, I mean. You you love Legos. You've got one of the most complicated Lego sets out there, right? Don't you have something from Star Wars you're working on right now? What is it? Uh, well, I actually just finished up the uh, ATAT. Uh, that was uh, that was a little bit of a challenge because it was an older model uh, before they kind of segregated the pieces a little bit better and color coded them. Uh, so that was a little more challenging than the uh, Razor's Crest that I had just put together before that. So, But next up for me is the Millennium Falcon. So that'll be the next. I got the big Millennium Falcon that I'm now, putting out. How many thousands of pieces are in that set? In the Falcon? Yeah. Let me turn around in my office. <clears throat> uh, 7,500, I believe. 7,500. Now, uh, Arian, we purchased, I don't remember how many sets. Uh, it wasn't that many. What, six or seven sets totaling over $1,500? Bubba, if you take yeah. the number of pieces you've got and you take all of the sets that Arian purchased, there would be 22,000 pieces 
All right. Now, obviously, it's more than one set. Okay, right. It's a few sets, but uh, amazing how much you can spend on Legos these days. Like, how did that even happen? Wild. It's crazy, isn't it? I am. I'm most looking forward though to the one doll uh, for Sophia, the the little girl. Arian, tell us about the doll. You showed me this, and, and I don't even think the picture quite did it justice until we got no. perspective on it, right? Uh, polluted Litter, when it arrived, he he wrote an expletive back to us. He was like, whoa. Was there a picture? This thing. Did he put a picture he in did. that chat? See if you can find yeah. that. See if you can find that. This, uh, this doll looks like just any other doll when you look at it in a photograph, but then when you stand it next to a human, this doll, as a matter of fact, they just made a movie about it. It's called Megan. All right, this doll is life-size and probably murders people when you sleep. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's human size. You're going to give people nightmares. I'm just saying, <laughs> sorry for any kids who listen to this. This doll, this doll is going to walk around your house while you're sleeping. I'm, I'm just here to tell you, okay? Uh, <laughs> Joker says, why are you giving that? She wanted a doll. She wanted a huge doll. I, don't, I mean, she obviously, one big doll. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's actually a murdering doll. I mean, it could be, but I don't think it actually no. is. I, obvious, I mean, okay, fine. Whatever. It's not going to go all Toy Story. That's very Toy Story. Child's Play is what you were saying. It's not gonna, you want it to go oh, Toy yeah. Story. You don't want it yes. to go Child's Play. <laughs> there were some yes, pretty dark toys in Toy Story. There were, there were I guess, a couple. Uh, but yeah, no, this, this doll is incredible. Did you lots find it? Of. Did you find it? Yeah, lots. I did. It's uh, up in the graphics room. Let me, let me take a look at this thing. You guys take a look at this doll in the graphics room. Now see that, that picture doesn't give a perspective. Do we no, have, do we have the picture of where like he, he's standing next to it? Because that doll, what did you say? Well, you can see it up at the top. It's 32 inches tall. What is that? Two and a half feet? Almost. No, it's like three, three feet, three, 32, 32 inches is not three feet. That'd be 36. Maybe it's, with the, it's pretty close, maybe it's though. with the box. Oh, pretty daggone close, man. I'm telling Feet you. Feet eight a, inches. It's a big doll. Thank you. Thank you, mathematician. Uh, but, yeah, no, just just crazy stuff. So, you know, kudos and shout out to Arian for another year. Job a well done. Yeah, job well done. But uh, not quite over, Arian, because over the next couple of days, we will be sharing with you some photos. We'll be sharing with you some videos, some reactions. Um, and, uh, just as a quick aside, in case anybody was curious, um, the father that was trying to get home is still, is still stuck, right? Um, he's still yeah. over there. They're waiting on paperwork, waiting was on Was he visa. trying to fly Southwest? No. <laughs> 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 Frontier flight was delayed. Um, no, obviously there, there's just complications with that. I, I, you know, I wonder. Truthfully, I wonder about the state of like governmental processes for countries over there. You know, like, you know, even even in Ukraine, like, do they have a functioning government right now? Are they able to process paperwork and, and do this stuff? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I know that that they have been waiting for paperwork and, and trying to get visas and all this stuff. He's still, you know, allegedly coming, Arian, but but he has not made it yet. We're we're still trying to keep tabs on that. But um, lots of great stuff uh, happening with that, and you guys will get to see some of that uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, also joining us on the stage, our favorite um, young, uh, no longer the free-to-play perspective. I'm kidding. Karkin is here. Well, <laughs> welcome. 
You know, I thought I had a sound. A sound. You started with young, and you just got lost. Yeah. Nothing else. I, yeah, because you're not young. You're you're it's been actually. A while since I've been described young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking for the sound alert. It was a uh, it was a bong. It was a water bong, but I can't find it now. Oh, you got me a sound alert. I oh, did, wow. but I must not have put the button in yet. But I'll, I'll you come. You forgot to put it in. I'll come back. Well, so I I ate uh, some I ate some more of your cookies that you sent me. So thanks, man. Stevens Aaron is yeah. joining us. Um, I didn't send cookies. <laughs> RC Putts is here. You're free to play 39. Also, of course, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Whale, Bubba Joe, and Trader are here. Welcome in, guys. Appreciate you guys all being here. How are you today? It's <laughs> uh, fun. Trader, having a yes. good weekend? You're distracted by your game yes. right now. What's the score? Uh, I cannot turn it on, or I will start yelling and screaming. All right, here, I'll tell you. That, I can't look. You can't look? I am one of those, here. I am one of those going fans football mode. that was fan. a lot. Uh, let's see. The score <clears throat> with 40 seconds left in the half is Giants 17, Vikings 14. So they're making a game of it. Uh, well, that's li- better than I thought it would they're be. They're making a game of it. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in history... I am pleased to be able to announce that I will be stepping away from the stage during Stupid News because Bubba Joe has elected. Bubba Joe has challenged. Who's, who's going to do the special effects? Who's going to do the sound effects I'm just if gonna, you're stepping away? Uh, they're probably not going to need any. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! He gets the background. I just need. Yeah, I'll give you the. I'll give you the bet. I gotta go get something to drink. I, dude, seriously, like whatever is in my throat right now, like it's not moving. I'm pretty sure it's like like a piece <laughs> of firewood. It's just I'm I'm choked. Yeah, like, I, I put wood on the fire before I came out here, and and now like I feel like I'm dying. So uh, Bubba Joe issued a challenge here several weeks ago, a couple of months ago maybe. That I didn't issue a challenge. That did not. His news <laughs> would be better than mine. All right. Now, just to give you an indication of how much time Bubba Joe prepped on this, you told me a couple of days ago that you were working on news for this weekend. Is that right? Uh, no, I told you a couple of days ago that I would do the news. Oh, okay. So how... I, didn't, I didn't start a couple of days ago. Just curious. How much prep time you got into this news? About an hour. Okay. That's not bad. That's, that's what I try to put into it sometimes. Maybe a little more, a little less. Well, Bubba Joe has your news today. He's got your stupid news, and he is going to to attempt to do a better job than me. Now, Trader, I'm listen. This is a dangerous road for Bubba because if he does do <laughs> remarkably better, he's going to have to do it more often. If he does it worse, then I remain triumphant and rub it in his face at every opportunity. So, Bubba, I don't know your predicament. Which way will he go? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to find out. Live from the Talking Trek studios with, uh, with news headlines from all across the world, it is time for Bubba Joe's Stupid News. Stupid News! 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 And guys, let me just say, I don't have any yep. backup. I got no news. I so, chose uh, to do nothing because Bubba's got it. So, think, ladies and gentlemen, I think I think Blaze has got it right. This is my own uh, Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> yes. Indeed, indeed. All right, Bubba Joe, I got my fingers on the buttons. 
Take her away. All right. In December, a Hawaiian Airlines flight between Phoenix and Honolulu suffered severe turbulence that caused 36 injuries. Oh, did you hear about this, DJ? Did you know about this? I did not. Okay. Investigators have been trying to figure out what happened. They recently interviewed the Hawaiian Airlines pilot who says that a cloud shot up and caused flight turbulence. The cloud, quote unquote, shot up vertically like a plume of smoke in just seconds and was completely unavoidable. The investigators then timed the turbulence with the accounting from the pilot and immediately dismissed all charges against the pilot. They concluded that the turbulence coincided with the plane traversing over Snoop Dogg's house. <laughs> That's really good. Damn it. Okay. All right, Bubba Joe won. DJ's Seattle Kraken. Not. Seattle Kraken. You guys you guys know who the Seattle Kraken are? It's a it's an NHL team. It's a brand new NHL team. Seattle Kraken is their second year of existence. They're a hockey franchise. They did something that no NHL team has ever done in 105 years. 105 years. Is that is that uh, DJ? Is that when you were a teenager? 105 years ago? Does that uh, sound about right? You know, I remember you telling me about stories from your childhood around that time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they have swept all of their opponents in a road trip for seven games, seven straight road games. They won all seven. Uh, the last one being against the Chicago Blackhawks. Hopefully no one here is from Chicago and is going to rail on me for that. The NHL, however, is concerned that there might be some funny business in play, Mm-mm. but the coach responded calmly that he is sure his team is doing nothing that is against the rules. When he was asked what he did do, he said, well, we watched the movie Clash of the Titans right before we left on the road trip, and we paused and replayed where Zeus is yelling, release the Kraken, over and over and over again. All right. Southwest Airlines. DJ's oh, won. Bubba Joe won. All That's right. fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, it's a hockey joke. It's, it's a hockey joke. I bet it played better in you Canada. You guys don't do that? Okay. Doctor Juby says Canada doesn't like that That's joke. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Next. Douglas Airlines has decided to extend their forty-nine dollar fares as an apology to customers over the holiday season who were stranded trying to get to and from their destinations. They have, however, not announced any changes to the policies that caused the flight interruptions, leading to speculation justifying the extension of these reduced fares. Well, if we're just going to have to refund everyone's money, we might as well make it as a small amount as possible. Oh, are you, are you done? Okay, sorry. That's it. Yeah, that was bad. That wasn't as good. Right. I didn't like that one as much, but I figured I had to make fun of Southwest Airlines. I'm gonna win! I'm gonna win! I'm gonna win! All right. How about this? A 77-year-old trapped himself in a car in Hatfield Township, Pennsylvania. Did anyone hear about this? He flipped his vehicle on its side, so it just rolled 90 degrees on its side, trapping himself inside the car with the car resting on his driver's side door and stuck inside this car wash. It's an automated car wash. How does this happen? The driver was trapped in his car until emergency services arrived. The driver was taken to the nearby hospital and treated for injuries caused at the accident. The owner of the car the owner of the car wash released a statement saying, "Being a small business owner isn't easy. Accidents like this don't make it any easier. We'll get through it together and end up on top." Upon hearing this statement, the driver responded, "On top? Challenge accepted." All right, I like that one. That one's that one was okay. I'm good with that one. Bubba Joe right. 2, DJ 2. Meh. 
Uh, Ari, you didn't like that one? He was on his side. No. He wants to be on his top. Challenge accepted. Man. All right. I like that one, Bubba. I like that one. I, I couldn't even wait to laugh until he finished. It was funny. <laughs> I, I was good with that one. I was good with that one. No, is everyone everyone is is, <laughs> is everyone aware of what's going on in California? They they were in a drought and all of a sudden they're getting a bunch of rain. Everyone's everyone's worried about this. I did the governor did I see that the governor or Biden someone declared a state of emergency or something? Well, the rain is causing uh, significant mudslides, significant mudslides in the area, and emergency responders. They don't have the capability to deal with all these mudslides. These mudslides are blocking roads and in some cases leading to property damage in homes in the more rural areas of the state. When asked why emergency responders are not able to stay on top of this, the emergency services responded stating, they're really only trained on how to deal with mudslinging that celebrities do, not mudslides. Ha! Therefore, ha! Ha! oh, there's more. Oh, there's therefore, more. Give us more. Therefore, they will effective immediately head to Baskin Robbins to get all the emergency workers trained on mudslides. There you go. That's a good one. I like that one. That's a good one. All right, Bubba Joe. So this three. is this is this is it. This is the last one. This is what we got. All right. And and I appreciate. It. Here's I told you I was going to need you. So DJ posted his bracket. <laughs> oh, uh, no. So the NFL, the NFL people that follow the NFL, betters had a minor scare this weekend when the Seattle Seahawks almost upset the San Francisco 49ers. You see, one of the common bets to make is to select your winners of each round of the playoff bracket, leading to the conference championship and the Super Bowl. However, the reason this is a problem is the brackets automatically paired the Philadelphia Eagles against the winner of the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, unlike the NCAA bracket or the NFL playoffs, or the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs, or basically any other playoffs, the NFL readjusts the seeds to match the number one seed against the lowest remaining seed. And if the Seahawks had won, they would have been guaranteed to go against the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. You were freaking out over this, DJ. This was really bothering Like, how the hell did let me do this? Yep. So this caused mass confusion amongst all the NFL betters, trying to figure out what in the world happened. And so people started to take a look at their brackets, and in small print, in the small print down in the corner, you oh, know what no. it said? Please tell me. Built by Scopely. I'm done with the buttons now. That was good. Uh, Bubba, okay, listen. Now, he he put a lot of time into this. Bubba, I think it was better than better than it was bad. <laughs> I mean, I, th I, think, I think it was... Uh, look, Wait. Killer Penguin wants his money back. Wait, what? <laughs> Who charged admission in here today? Uh, there, <laughs> there you go. Captain Oblivious says... I'm pretty says, sure they did watch that movie on the bus. Uh, Captain Oblivious says, all jokes aside, because uh, there weren't that many of them, credit to Bubba Joe for being willing to open himself up to us judging his stupid news. He's a braver man than most. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was good. I actually am really, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm very proud of you. Snake Eyes in the audience says that if DJs likes the joke, then it's automatically a failure. Why? Why? <laughs> I liked it. I liked, I liked a couple of them. That was pretty good. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, Blue Mandalorian says, see, I know what's going on. Bubba is basing the quality of the stupid news that he's listened to off the news when he was here and not when he wasn't here. That's fair. Right. That's, that's true. That's true. So that's I, I, I need to work on a different bar of, of performance. 
Yeah. Uh, housekeeping says, I don't know, man. That's like setting the bar at 7% and getting 10%. I think. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I thought Bubba did a great job. I thought he did too. I I thought there were probably there were probably two flops and four good ones in there. Uh two really good ones and then two like better than average. I thought it was pretty good. Good job, Bubba Joe. Hey, listen, I'm going to give you, you legit applause right now. Good job, man. That was good. I I, I give it a grade of C+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair. Yeah, there you go. Uh yeah. Let's see. The Say, last one was a little long, and in, unless you had an intimate knowledge of foosball, <laughs> then it, you may have been. You might have lost your audience on on that one. Just I might have. Yeah, yeah, I might have. The punchline kicked me back in, and I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anything making fun of Scopely makes it funny. Uh, welcome in, everybody. I appreciate you guys all being here. We do have some serious stuff to talk about, but we missed getting to it on the last show, which was Borg Sphere Crewing, Borg Solo Armadas, or BSAs. Uh, not to be confused with BDAs. Oh, I, yeah. I thought we were going to start with Battleship because we missed that too. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna do two rounds of Battleship today. We'll probably do one right after the first break, and then one towards the end of the show. <coughs> um, God, this my my throat is killing me. I've got a warm your throat. I got a warm glass of water here, and it's not helping. I don't think, but I don't know. Maybe cold water would be bad. I don't know. I'm trying. <sighs> Deep breaths. <gasps> Dude, there is something in my throat. Like, seriously? Is it a spider? Uh, anyway, Borg Sphere Crow. Why would you go to that? What? Why would you say that? You know spiders crawl into, like, orifices on your no, body without you not. knowing about it. No, that happens. No, no, Did no, you know no, that the average no, human swallows, like, no, 15 spiders no. a year? Yes. No, generally when they're sleeping. No. When they're sleeping, no, that's they're right. Karkin, you're a thousand Listen. percent right. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. have a plan to invent a sleeping mask to prevent that from happening. <laughs> Toker says it's rubbish. I, no, it's actually true. Production. It's true. Honestly, I am gonna... not going to sleep tonight, and it will be your fault. <laughs> Just do like Karkin says. Wear You'll a mask. You'll be safe if you purchase the Karkin's sleeping <laughs> pillow combined with face mask to prevent from <laughs> oh. spiders. There you go. Oh, Livonia says the spider thing has, be, has been debunked. I didn't know that. Is that true? <laughs> Dale. Oh, Most God, people that's just terrible. been wearing Karkin's special masks, pillow mask. Uh, I'm still coming up with a name, guys. Don't well. Oh, stop it. I'm not looking at chat for a while. <laughs> There's a lot of... <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, Borg Sphering. BSAs, Bubba. Not to be confused with BDAs uh, or, or PDAs or PSDs or... STDs or any of the other abbreviations uh, that you've got in your head. These are Borg Solo Armadas. And what you've got here is a new mechanic, an X-Factor, Bubba Joe, that's been that's been thrown in here. Yeah, uh, Snake Eyes calling them Bolo Matas. Bo- Bolo? Bo- Bolo Matas. I guess you could go with that. Um, Bolo Matas. I don't like that. BSAs. I'm sticking with the BSAs. Shout out, Eagles. Uh, Sphering, crewing, Bubba Joe. Let me ask you just real quick. Do you believe that the traditional Armada crew, let's just start with, like, a, say, a 5-6 con. Like, we, we know. We can agree that that is a generally accepted, strong Armada crew. Like, all Armadas. Don't, don't worry about solos. Just Armadas. Like, if you're going to go to an Armada, the first thing you think of is 5-6 con. 
right? For most for most people. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Uh, then we got to the Jem Hadar solo armadas, and you had to basically come up with a second crew. All right. Uh, and a third crew, because five, six con wasn't enough to do it alone anymore. You had to come up with two more for your solo armada mechanic. So we spent the better part of a month, maybe a month and a half, Bubba Joe, kind of fleshing out what people should be running with their Gemheadar solo armadas, uh, depending on the progression of their account, et cetera, et cetera. And now we've got new solo armadas. Now, on Twitch the other night, and shout out Blue Mandalorian in the chat, I, I even said on the last show, Bubba, what I was going to do was start with my Gemheadar solo armada crew. Like, those three ships, obviously subbing out the Defiant, all right? So I brought my Augur back, because those are my three best ships as an Ops 49, as a Pylum, an Enterprise, and an Augur. Don't, the Jelly doesn't count. The Jelly doesn't count. Your Sally is better than your Jelly, just throwing that out there. Maybe. Probably. Anyway, I had to sub out the Defiant. I brought the Augur back, Bubba. And uh, what we found, or what we started with, was, hey, listen, we need a starting point, right? Let's just begin with the Gemheadar crew. My Gemheadar crew, which, by the way, I love very, very much, all right, is a 5-6 con, is a Lorca Kirk, uh, sorry, not Lorca, a Cisco Lorca Kirk on my Enterprise. You would not use Kirk if you were flying anything other than an Enterprise. And then on the Defiant, I was doing Picard Beverly Yuri just to try to keep it alive. Obviously, probably don't need Picard Bev Yuri either. But for a baseline, Bubba Joe, we went and tested it. Now, um, we did fine. We did okay with it, right, Blue? Like that, that crew would be acceptable, but it's very middle of the road. Certainly not, you know, overwhelmingly, you know, strong on loot gain. Certainly not really allowing you to punch up super well because there's an X factor with these Borg solo armadas. There's something different about these as compared to the Jem'Hadar targets. Who could tell me what they think that is? There's, there's a couple, Blue, right? Welcome to the stage from Servers 8 and 32, Ops 47. Um, Blue Mandalorian is here. Welcome, buddy. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Let's see if we can give the audience an opportunity to, to guess at our pop quiz. What is different about these armadas as compared to Jem'Hadar Armadas. Okay? Now, I see some people saying they die too easy. I don't know about that. Let's, let's take a step back, because you're using a tool, aren't you? You're using a tool that makes them die so easily. Bistro says their statistics are massive, and it's hard to tip the mitigation and piercing scales. I would agree with that. I agree with that. Jayberg says, <clears throat> with damage booster, building effects are not great battles and too quickly. So when you look at something like Khan, right, Blue Mandalorian takes a little bit of time to build up. Maybe not the best officer to use there. I've seen a lot of people talking about Riker. Probably not the best officer that you can use there. Will he work? Yeah, of course. Will he provide you a benefit? Super teeny tiny. If you find three pennies on the sidewalk, are you going to pick them up? That's Riker. Okay, that's Riker. Now, the difference between this target and the Jem'Hadar targets, Blue, let's give them the mathematical answer. You've been studying these things like, like it's your job. 
what is actually different? There's a couple of things, right? Well, you are. I'm sorry, what? You are different as you approach these than you are in the Gem Hadars hmm. because you have something that you did not have before, which is an, you know something very sizable that you probably should have done before your first Borg Solomata. As a matter of fact, we tested that on stream, Bubba Joe. I actually tried a sphere straight out of the box, didn't do anything, no researches, kept my Gemhadar crew, didn't use any Exos, no Cerritos, no Defiant reinforcement. I didn't do any tools because I just wanted to see how they would compare. Blue, I obviously slaughtered it, right? Massively successful. Got all the loot in the world. I'm, I'm good. I did a triple pull and uh, game over, right? Fake news. Fake news. Hashtag fake news. All right. As a matter of fact, I got my furry butt handed to me. Just completely smashed. Now, that was probably, I, we did it for demonstration purposes, Blue. We knew what needed to be done. All right, but for demonstration purposes, because believe it or not, Bubba, there's a few people out there like, you know, research. Damage is so watered down, right, Bubba? I mean, we've, we've, we have, in fact, said that before. But we've said that typically... Oh, Bubba bounced. <laughs> we've said that typically when we're talking about what, Trader? An exo that gives 40% damage boost. Or we're talking about Correct. a below deck officer that gives you 100% damage boost. Or in this case, Blue, we're talking about Riker, Right? Who's going to give you a, a damage boost stacking every single round? Same as the jelly. Well, that's got to be big, right? That's got to be big. As a matter of fact, Blue, well, how long does it take Riker to be as uh, to be as potent as this research? How many rounds must you go before Riker equals the research? Uh, well, that's also dependent upon your stats, isn't it? I think it's dependent upon synergy, potentially, but it is his captain's maneuver. Is his captain's flat, or is it uh, scaled? To, uh, it scales uh, with synergy. Down. It's still, it's it's around 20, give or take. It's 100%, uh, unless you have the synergy with Beverly. Yeah, if you've got synergy with ben, uh, Beverly, it gives you another 25%, I think, right? So 125. Right. So it's going it to take... It might be 20. It's going to give you a roughly 20, call it between 20 and 25 rounds for you to be equal to this research. Now, the, the thing is about the research, yes, damage is one of the few things that are very watered down. Okay, they are. But, Trader, when they come in in nice, big numbers, kind of changes uh, the story a little bit, right? It definitely does. For example, if you guys got a new EXO that was 30%, 30,000% 30, damage. Boy, my head is spinning right now. Trader, if you got an EXO comp that was plus 30,000% damage in PvP, would people trip over Oh my god, that would be awesome. Right? Absolutely, I'd trip over it. <laughs> would you trip over yourself to get that EXO? All right. Absolutely. What about if that EXO was 30%? Mm, no. It's in the noise. Right? This size of research, this size of research is so important to, to these armadas. Because, Blue, it's not just about balancing piercing and survivability anymore. It's not about 
surviving long enough to get your crit build at 100%. It's not about, um, you know, just chipping away at it because, I don't know, have you guys taken a look? Like, how long does a typical Jem'Hadar armada go? Is it two rounds? Three rounds? Anybody? I just did some today. Let's see. I did. I also did a couple today. Even my uncommon went 16 rounds. Now, Dragon Keeper, wham. I don't know a thousand percent, but if it's only going four rounds, you're probably not hitting up big enough. I don't know. I could be wrong, but if you're killing it in four rounds, you're probably not punching up enough on the Gem Hadar. Now, remember, I'm talking about Gem Hadar. For a moment, we're drawing the we're drawing the framework here. Okay. Wham says I can't hit any bigger. I don't have any G five. See, that's where I'm at. I'm up. I'm right up against the wall, man. All right. Actually, yeah, uh, I killed my first uh, fifty three uncommon today. Fifty three uncommon? Did you really? Yeah. What'd you use? A, I uh, used my uh, like five six con on the pylum and. Uh, Cisco Miles Lorca on the Valdor and uh, the PBE on the Defiant. Mm. And then for this one, I, I did supports on, on both the uh, my G4s and then a reinforcement on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the Pylum and a Cloak. And I lost all my shields. I had weak Exos. Like, I had no shields left, but I got it. Well, you used every... You threw everything but the kitchen sink at that armada. Well, if I was gonna, if I was gonna use any supports, what wouldn't be worth it if I lost, right? Yeah, that's true. So let's just, just, just go way at it. All right. Here's the difference mechanically in these two armadas: is that Scopely has essentially given you all the damage that's needed, like all of it. You have a huge. I don't even know what you want to call it. It's an extra ability. It's the the ship ability. I don't I don't care what you call it. You have thirty five thousand percent boost to damage. Now, when you're looking at at building a crew, and and we've said this a lot before, when you're looking at building a crew, it's best to kind of not necessarily uh, duplicate what you're doing unless you can substantively add to it. Um, this would be like. Bubba, popping an EXO to go kill Swarm. Is that EXO worth it? If you're going to pop an, an Explorer EXO to go kill Swarm, is it worth it? Anybody? I think Bubba's struggling. Absolutely not. No, it is not. Why not? Probably not. And Bubba's struggling there. Uh, no, probably not. All right. Why would that be? What is, what's the strongest Explorer EXO that you've got as far as damage? 300 per- 350%. 350%. Cool. All right. Let's take a look at a Franklin. Most people should have a Franklin up because it's Swarm Sunday. <laughs> Hopefully you are working on that. Taking a look at your, let's, I'm going to use a Franklin A. I don't know about you guys. It's going to vary. Uh, my Franklin A trader gives me 150,000% damage boost against Swarm Hostiles. 150,000. So. Is that 200% going to make or break me against a Swarm Hostile? Is going from 150,000% to 150,200%, is that a a substantial difference? No. Mathematically, it's just not. Okay? It's not. 
<laughs> Snake Eyes says, like throwing pennies at a stripper. Okay. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but okay, we'll go with that. Hope you're having a good the weekend. The Armada will ask you to leave. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Armada will just say, no, go away. All right. So when we're talking about Exos, when we're talking about Riker, for example, even talking about the ISS Jellyfish, all right, these are all examples of mechanics in the game that are going to help you boost damage. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you, there is nothing that is going to help you boost damage like a research that gives you 35,000% against these targets. First of all, step one, Blue, right? Do the research. Do not even try a Borg solo armada, Borg sphere armada. Don't try it without the research, okay? you got to do it. Now, some people... Uh, Baba took the advice we gave before the arc started and started banking their charge nanoprobes. It was only two days uh, advanced uh, notice or a hint, if you will. People could only have gotten two days worth of charge nanoprobes. All four of those researches could have been done with that. But alas, trader, some people did actually build the charge nanoprobes and then promptly spent them all on the directive to go out and start uh, Borg Sphere, mm-hmm. didn't come back and do the research, and then got smoked. Yep. Now, Bistro says, what if I do the jelly research and then use the jelly? Well, okay, it's better now. It's better now. And I do understand, Bubba, we've had this conversation, that there are a lot of players, myself included, who don't have three leading-edge ships. Wham, you don't. Right? You just said, I don't even have a G5 ship. Trader, you've got a Dideradex. Well, let's see. One, that's one, two, right. two, three. And Do you have the other G5 Enterprise. epics? I have an Enterprise D. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I'm working on my Rataran. Not proving my point, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Never, never, never forget just how much of more of a whale Trader is than I. <laughs> wow. Jeez. She's Whoa. I am an envy I am envious of everything that Trader has in this game. It is like it kills me. I'm like, oh man, it would be so awesome if I just had a Dideradex. <laughs> yeah, Dideradex would help a lot of us. Just saying. All right. Now the point that I'm trying to make is we don't all have three leading edge ships, unless your name is Trader. Most of us, um. even Trader included, all right, has developed that Dideradex far faster. The Enterprise D, uh, D is a new one, right? You had the Dideradex first. You developed that first. So if you go back to the Jem'Hadar, you only had that one. Correct. The Solo Correct. Armada mechanic is shifting the paradigm. Now, I, I like this question. Dragon Keeper says, do we really need all the researches? No, you don't. You know what I did? I did Romulan, and I did Federation. Because I don't, I'm not, I don't have any Klingon ships. And I'm certainly not doing it for the jelly. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <clears throat> Same here. All right. I mean, I, I fly a pylum, an auger, and an enterprise. Now, if I end up building a quarry, then sure, I'll go back and do it. It's not that expensive. What was it? Like 6,000 charged nanoprobes or 8,000? It's kind of a gimme, to be perfectly Same honest day. with you. All right? Those researches are kind of a gimme, so not the end of the world. I personally am not a fan of using the jellyfish here. 
I know that some people are going to say yes, and, and that might be one of the best ships that you own. And if it is, and it's working for you, 100%, go ahead with it. I, I personally have, have a maxed Enterprise, and it would smoke the jelly that I've got. Now, in fairness, also, Bubba, I stopped investing in the jelly ages ago. My jelly is a halfway tier six. I've got five out of the eight components to go to tier seven. I stopped on it ages ago. It wasn't worth the materials. So I just stopped. Right now, if I took my jelly in PvP trader up against a maxed Enterprise or a maxed Augur or a maxed D4, it would miserably lose. Mm, yes. Okay. So the jelly is not my but, favorite thing to use. But I think but I think if let's say you are exclusively Klingon, right? And I and I bring this up because I know a player that played this way. They were exclusively Klingon. Mm-hmm. So if they went D4 jelly, right? Because the jelly's the bridge ship. Tinga and Coronar. And those are the ships that they've got, right? Well, obviously you're bringing the Coronar. Probably should bring the Katinga. Mm-hmm. Depending on the tier, I'd probably bring the Jelly over the D4. The D4 is not a very good Armada ship compared to the Augur and the Enterprise. So it really does depend on your ship. Not there generally, are where I think- but in this, in this situation where it's a high crit, fast attack, those the D4 does immense damage uh, against the mm-hmm. with with its crit, crit capabilities. Yeah, I got to be but honest I think with you. The D4, I think the D four is going to die much faster than Jelly. It depends. Maybe the D four is your survivability crit, uh, your survivability crew. All right, because we're still looking, uh, and and I'm going to fast forward for a second before we come back. But Blue, what we ended up finding out here was that these. Uh, these spheres, these BSAs, there's really only two things you have to focus on, and the first one is mitigation. You got to get you got to get mitigation somehow on all three of those ships. You boost that mitigation up high enough, Bubba Joe, then the D four is going to belt out some serious serious damage, and and that's why I kind of come back to what approach should we be looking for, okay? The the jelly is fine. I'm not knocking it. I just think that there are far better options if, if in fact, you have them in your shipyard. If you've got a, a relatively high-tier D4, I would say to give that a shot, okay? I would say to, to, to give that a shot, for real, all right? Um, when we're looking at these spheres, Blue, let's back up and... and kind of lean into the testing that we did a little bit because we did. We tried to boost some damage. Then we tried to boost piercing, right? And even that didn't work. As a matter of fact, Bubba, I said on the last show that I had heard some people, some people saying that six is not effective. Why would that be, community? Why did some of you say that six of 11 would not be effective against these targets? There's two reasons, all right? And, and I guess they kind of tie together, all right? Shinzola says the Sphere's stats are too high. Blue, true or false? Do these things have monster stats? They do have monster stats, they but do. so do you. They do have monster stats, but so do I, all right? Um, but what does 6 of 11 do? How, how does 6 of 11 work? It's going to take your, your stats, and let's not pretend... You know, that he doesn't have a, a little bit of voodoo magic stick in him. But he basically takes your stats and 
and multiplies those by a percentage to increase the piercing of your shot. Now, Bubba Joe, let's get back to basics. If we're increasing the piercing of a shot, what does that mean? Fundamentally, at its core, if I increase the piercing of a shot, what does it do? What's the outcome? You are getting more net damage through their mitigation barrier. That's right. Basically, more damage is going to land on that ship in one form or another instead of completely being ignored and thrown out into space. Because that's what mitigation is. All right? They are evasive maneuvers. Can we agree on that? If you're, if you're watching Star Trek, those are evasive maneuvers. A, a weapon has been shot. When in any Star Trek property, any Star Trek film, movie, TV show, book, when have you ever seen a tactical officer land 100% of his shots? Does it happen? Does it? I'm going to use that as the, as the you know. I, performance. I, yeah. I, I'm going to come back and, and refer to that when we've been doing so many and uh, comparisons here lately, Bubba Joe, like we did with the fleet commanders. I actually had a lot of people PM me and say, you know, it was actually super helpful to draw those relationships to things that we were that we were already familiar with because it, it did help paint the perspective. So I'm glad you guys like that. I, I didn't necessarily mean to do that, but that feature was kind of so confusing. I did want to tie it to something we knew. People said that they liked that method of learning. So let's look at mitigation. Mitigation is what misses you. Okay? It's what skips off the ship, floats into space. So... 6 of 11 is going to increase the amount that you get through their defensive mitigation, meaning that more will actually hit the ship. Now, if their mitigation, blue, is armor at 6.9 million, shield deflection at 8.9 million, and dodge at 6.5 million. Those are big mitigation stats, right? I mean, that's pretty significant. Oh, yeah. If you guys are familiar with Quirky Zombie's mitigation formula or his mitigation calculator you could use on the website, you, like uh, Hugo, like Blue, like Jules Verne, can plug in and see, Blue, how many thousands of stats are you going to need on your ship before 6 of 11 starts to have a significant impact? And I don't mean, you know, significant as in like getting piercing all the way up to 80%. I'm just saying like have a reasonable enough outcome that he's a solid BSA officer. I think I saw it in the chat. Hugo did this math. Bubba Joe, do you have on any ship even if you went down and flew your Enterprise, if you went down and flew a Kelvin, can you get 200,000 attack stats? Hmm. Yeah, I probably can. Whew, probably. We don't know for sure. Probably could, but that's a pretty tall order, isn't it? I mean, you would have to, you'd have to really stack up. Well, so I can pretty routine, when I'm doing something like that, I can pretty routinely get to 
100K and still maximize the stats of my other ships. So I'm thinking if I had the, you know, eight or nine under deck slots, I probably can get to 200K mm. like once on one ship. That's tough. That's, I mean, that's big. I, I know I couldn't. I for sure couldn't. All right. Now, Planet, I, I'll tell you what we found because I don't think that he's super insignificant. Okay. But we certainly did find Blue that he was not the end-all, be-all like he has been on every other target ever, right? He made an impact. He did not floor their mitigation, did he? No, he, he just kind of, he showed up late. He, he showed up a little late. He still had an impact. And, and Captain Planet, I agree, definitely still had an impact. All right? But not like we're used to seeing out of 6 of 11. Okay, not like we're used to seeing. That's because the mitigation stats of these BSAs are huge. Huge. Okay, massive. Because if I take a look at, say, for example, my jelly. Let's use the jelly, Bubba Joe. And I'm going to look at my piercing stats. Because that's how it works, right, Blue? The closer I bring my piercing stats to my target's mitigation stats, the better off I am. Even more, not, not necessarily if, if, as long as I'm less, if I could exceed them, then I've floored them out. Right? If, if I can get, let's say, for example, their, their armor, the Sphere's armor, 6.93 million. Blue, if I was somehow managed to accumulate, I don't know, <clears throat> 8 million armor piercing then I probably maybe win that category. Maybe eight and a half million. I don't even know what the real number is. I might win that category. Okay? By the way, I can't get anywhere close to 200,000 stats. That's a Bubba thing. <laughs> I, I can yeah. probably get to like, I mean, I can probably get to 90 or 100, but I, I spend money and I've, I've got primes and <laughs> that's still hard to do. I, okay. I am flying blind here, but you know, given the, the parallel of the creator of the content, one can only hope that if the Vidar is ever involved in these armadas, that its stats, perhaps its piercing, might be boosted as well. Hmm. Because that's what matters. That's what matters. Piercing and mitigation. Because the damage part's being done for you. Or, Blue, we could turn around and focus on abilities to enhance the damage. Right? Which we're going to get into in just a second. All right? I think that adding 100% damage or adding 200% or 300% damage, okay, not necessarily significant when you're looking at 35,000%. That's why we don't use exos on Franklin. That's why you don't use exos on Borg. It's why you don't use exos on Stella, okay? Because the damage output is just stupid. It's massive. Just for the record, let me take a look at this jelly. Let's look at this jelly here, Blue. My armor piercing compared to its armor. Remember, its armor, 6.9 million on the target that I hit. My armor piercing, 47,000 blue. I'm not even at a million. I'm not even at a million. I fly my jelly. It survives one, two, maybe a third shot. That's it. It's done. Actually, I rephrase. I rephrase. As far as my armor piercing goes, my shot just floats into space. 
That's what we're actually looking at here. Blue, let's let's flip the script. Let's take a look at its attack stats. It would have armor piercing, shield piercing, and accuracy. Let's look at my defensive stats. Oh, this will be good. Let's take a look at shield piercing from that armada target. 1.32 million, Blue. Uh, my shield deflection, it's 603,000. Okay, that's respectable. That's okay. Like that's, that's not the end of the world, right? 1.3 million to my 600,000. It's still going to pierce me pretty hard, but I'm not going to be at the floor. Let's take a no. look at let's take a look at armor piercing at 1.16 million armor on my jellyfish. Oof, five thousand seven hundred and twenty three. I would Im- I would imagine that that armada is going to pierce the crap out of my ship. So what do I do? How do I make it better, Blue? You get your mitigation team together. You get your mitigation team together. All right. By the way, five and six are a pretty daggone good mitigation team. Let's not forget that their mitigation stats are also wildly out of this world. So anything you can do to pierce them while serving another purpose is probably going to help. But let's look at step one. Step one is survival. We've already got 35,000% damage. We've got that boost. So step number one for us, step number one for us is to survive. Number one officer that comes to your mind, Bubba Joe, when it comes to mitigation and survival. Number one, first pops into your head that you would use with armadas. Go. Five of 11. Five of 11. That's the first one that comes to my mind. Wham says Cisco. Star Ocean says Beverly. All three very good selections, aren't they, Blue? All three of them. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. Now, let's look at another ability, Blue, that can enhance. Let's, let's go with five of 11. So we got mitigation. It's based on health, right? Based on health, we need to enhance that ability. So naturally, we're going to look at synergy, right? Might as well. Something synergistic that will still serve another purpose. Now, here's where some people are falling apart here a little bit. Not not falling apart, uh, diverging, Blue. Because there is a crew out there where people are running five and seven, Now, this is an interesting loop. I don't think that it's bad, but we talked about this on Twitch the other night. I don't think it's the best. Why would someone run seven? Anybody? Who would run seven? And why would you do that? There is a logical reason to it. Thank you, Shinzo. That's right, Putz. It's going to boost health. So not only is it giving synergy to five, but it's boosting health. And what does five use? Health. It's a very nice little pattern there, okay? But what is Seven's what is Seven's gusto? Like, what's his actual ability? Does it affect your target? Yeah, see, Shinzola, I'm with you. I do recognize that Seven has an ability, that Seven can boost five, but that's like, that's like Moreau. That's like using Moreau for the sake of a boost. I would prefer to find something else that can boost five that also gives me an ability. 
All right. Now, you're right, Tiberius. Absolutely. Run seven. Run hammer under deck. That's going to boost health, too. I don't disagree with you. But I still like six here. Okay? I still like six. As Captain Planet showed a little bit ago, and we showed on camera, Blue, he still has an effect. Is he going to get your piercing at 82%? No. He won't. These stats are big. And it also may vary by you. May, yeah, may, may vary by you. Fight. Because fight, win, or lose, win or lose, short fight. So you're going to want to, you're either going to want to take less or give more. In a short fight, you probably want to give more. Sure. Let's take a look at, at rounds. Because we did one uh, Borg Solo Armada Blue that lasted 16 rounds. Then we did another one that lasted 11. Then we did another one that lasted five. Okay. What obviously we're doing there is we're overwhelming that target. We're killing it faster, which is always the goal. Always. Like the faster you kill it, the fewer shots you take, the less damage you take. So when we were putting this thing together, Blue, we did find that in a shorter round, absolutely 6 of 11 was not as potent as we would have liked. But he did make a difference. Wasn't a massive difference, but he did slide the scale in the right direction. And I still felt that to be better than 7 of 11. So crew number one for me ended up being a very traditional crew, Bubba Joe. Five, six, and con. All right. Now, that's crazy because even Khan has limited time to really do anything. But for lack of anything else, Bubba, I decided to slot that crew. Now, but we have three ships we got to take care of. So ship number two, Blue, we know again we have to come back and we have to enhance their survivability. We have to make sure that all three ships survive. So step number one is going to be mitigation. Again, Cisco sounds nice, right? Cisco might sound great. Now, here's where it gets juicy. Here's where it's get uh, where it gets juicy, because Cisco is very much coded for these spheres. Uh, not for the spheres, but certainly for armadas. He's got a very good crew. He leads a hotshot team of armada saboteurs. And a couple of officers were released even last month that will assist you in doing that. FYI, Jadzia isn't one of them. Blue, just just off the top of your head, did we ever find a spot? Bubba, you said this last month. Did any of you find a spot in your top nine for Jadzia Dax? Hmm. Yeah, I, I love Jadzia, and she's great, but the bus was full. The bus was full. There ain't no seats left. Butcher Boy says, not for me. Captain Oblivious says, no. Snake Eyes said, I did try her out on my third ship. All right. Housekeeping says, she's out of my top crew. Rhino says, I did find a use for her. Okay. Garrick says, the only spot I found for her was in my heart. Trader might agree with you. All right. Air Raid says, I tried a couple of different ways, but they flopped, and I agree. But I do love Cisco. Now, Cisco's going to give us some of the mitigation, but we need more, Blue. We need more mitigation, so obviously synergy makes sense. Let's take a look through some of his synergy officers and, and see who can 
give us another area. We already know, Blue, that we've got damage, so I'm not necessarily looking for a damage boost. But... No Jadzia. Yeah, not necessarily. So um, I'm looking for a different style of ability. Uh, Maybe crit, right? I'm getting 35,000%. By the way, by the way, we proved on stream, didn't we, Blue? That hull breach is calculated after the 35,000%, Bubba Joe. Big time. As a matter of fact, we showed on screen, Trader, that a normal shot with the research, okay, just a pylum, just a regular shot with the research against the BSA gave me a what, Blue? It was right around 14 or 15 million damage, which, by the way, is awesome. I've never, like, had a shot that big before from any ship. 15 million. But, Blue, when we started Hull Breach, what did it go to? Oh, it, what was that? You remember? Eighty. 5 million average 85 million per shot keywords per shot so blue now somewhere somehow we know whole breach has to make it into our crew that has to go somewhere no ifs ands or buts about it it's got to go so let's find a spot do we put Lorca with cisco what else does Cisco synergize with that might, I don't know, get those unconventional types of damages or piercing or, or abilities up? I mean, I'm getting 80 million per shot. So with how good those criticals are, you're, well, it might be good to have a jump start and critical chance along with more mitigation. So Bashir is probably a good choice if you have him to work with Cisco just to really multiply your crits. All right, let's take a look at Bashir. A lot of people may not have Bashir yet, but if you do, he's got a decent ability. Let's take a look at Julian Bashir. If I can find his card. Got it in here somewhere. There he is. Okay, Julian Bashir. All right. If you're going to run him in the officer's chair, which you would, increasing critical hit chance by 25%, or I think it's 20% at base. Mine's at tier two, against solo armadas. Okay, cool. I kind of like that. 25%. Don't forget, Cisco has an officer ability that's also growing your crit chance every single round with no condition of getting hit. So again, a slow grower, all right? But with the help of Julian Bashir, he's going to cap out much, much faster than Khan would. All right? Julian Bashir is is kind of like Khan, except he has a multiple round head start. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that. I like Benjamin Sisko with Julian Bashir, but I still got one more slot to go. Is this where Lorca goes? I feel like you can do better. Ah, I can do better. Again, I just, man, I want to look. I want to look at these 85 million power shots, and I want to get more out of those shots because I'm getting 85 million per shot. Well, you know, it sure seems like they're leading us to Odo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like if Julian is on the ship, like, he's his best friend's going to want to be there too, right? His best friend needs to be with him. And who is his freaking best friend? It must be Changeling Kira. No, I'm not that. I'm not that silly. No, not Garrick. I am a silly goose today. All right. Yeah, you guys got it. Miles O'Brien. Yes, oxymoron. I know. I'm just I'm being dramatic and spreading it all out. Yes, it's Miles. Miles 
O'Brien. All right? Because if he happens to, to proc Bubba Joe, then you're going to get extra 85 million power shots. That's pretty big. Okay? I mean, that's pretty freaking huge. So that means that this crew is now set. We got Cisco, we got Bashir, and we got Miles O'Brien. What do we stack under deck? Uh, well, all you really have there is summoning health, right? Health. Let me put some health on there. Maybe even a couple of BDAs. Not to be cons- uh, confused with BSAs. Today's event calls for BDAs. What would that be? That would be a below-deck ability. A below-deck ability. Now, great question, Stuart, because a lot of people are going to find themselves in this boat. Who do we substitute, Baba Joe, for Bashir? If we don't have Bashir, because a lot of people don't, what do we put in his place? We still have, Blue, a really decent uh, crew here for mitigation. Maybe not the absolute best, but we do. We could look at any other synergy group. All right. Uh, we got Cisco. We got Miles already in use. We could take a look at, I don't know, one of the one of the Kiras. Let's take a look at Changeling Kira. Uh, that is just uh, decreasing armor, shield deflection, and dodge of armadas by 25% of attack. Well, we just talked, Blue, about how those things are in the multiple millions. If I've only got, say, 50,000 attack stats, I'm only going to get 25,000 of that. That's 12,000. Every time I hit it with a weapon, how long is it going to take me to chew through 8 million? By yourself, quite a bit. Long time. Too weak. Too weak. You got it, Hugo. Batman says, I don't know, give or take about 3,000 rounds. Probably about right. So that one won't work. Let's take a look at uh, the real Kira. Let's take a look at the real Kira. Decreases shield mitigation by 6% at an assault. Ooh, that could work here, right? (laughs) well first of all we're not at assaults okay toss her out the airlock we're done with that (sighs) what's left what's left i guess dax okay we'll take a look at dax increases weapon damage by 300 percent of officer health wait a second we just said blue i got 35 thousand percent let's assume that i can stack uh, let's assume, let's assume that I can stack 50,000 health points. All right. That means I'm going to add 150,000 to my rounds every single time. Okay. That I feel would like you're trying to send us to the officer that was even harder to acquire last month than Bashir. Well, a lot of people ain't going to have this one either. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's damage boost. So I'm not really a big fan of it either, Papa Joe. I mean, it's going to give you an extra 100000 per damage. How long would an extra 100000 obviously being mitigated by the target at probably in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 60% or better, how long can you guys tell me that, uh, say, 40000 damage, uh, let, let's pretend that 75000 damage is mitigated, Bubba. Then you got an 80-20 shield. we're talking about two different officers. Well, hang on, then. I'm not, yeah. I'm not with you yet. All right? Okay. I'm not with you yet. Because if I'm looking at at, at uh, 50,000 health stats with Jedzia, all right, then 50% is going to get mitigated. So I got 75,000 left, Blue. 80% of that is going to go to shields. 
20 percent is going to land on the hull you guys tell me about how long would an extra 12 to 15 thousand health damage um per per round how long is it going to t- or per shot rather in fairness how long do you think it would take for you to chew through 654 million hull Now, if you happen to have Jadzia and nobody else, then I guess it can offer you a couple of pennies on the sidewalk. It's not my favorite choice. Bubba, you said that I'm pointing you to an officer that was even harder to get last month. I presume you must be talking about our dear friend Odo. Yeah, I I assume that's where you were going. Okay, well, let's take a look at Odo. Increasing armor, shield, and dodge by 40% against Solar Armadas. Now, Hugo's in the audience. Hugo's in the audience. And by the way, I'm looking at his officer ability. I'm looking at his bridge ability. All right. Packet says yep. his DAX applied before or after the research. Always base. Always base, Packet. So before the research. So that's why I say, like, legitimately, she's probably going to add roughly 150,000 damage. Okay. So it's actually not applied before the research. It's applied at the same time as the research. Yeah, so it's it's added in. So again, we go back to the thirty five thousand. Right. If it was applied if it was applied the before the research, then it would be multiplicative and it is Well, not yeah, I said that I said that confusingly. It's calculated it's calculated um at the same time. Bubba's right, but it's calculated off the base figure, but then that would be added. So let's go back to the EXO example. Thirty five thousand plus three hundred percent. So now you're at thirty five thousand three hundred. Now, it does escalate. It does grow. But again, we're talking about six, eight rounds here, guys. You're talking less than a million extra damage all in. Maybe two. Not enough. Okay? Now, I do like Odo under deck. He's got a below deck ability. That's big. Critical damage bonus. Ooh. Ooh, Hugo, you're on to something. I like that idea. Let's come back. All right? But on the bridge, not really. Increasing armor, shield deflection, and dodge by 40%. That's going to be 40% of your own ship statistics. And again, we just proved how inferior your ship is compared to the spheres. I mean, it's not even close. You're outweighed by millions. It's not even close. So, who do we put with... If you don't have Bashir, and you're not feeling too hot about Dax, let's think. Let's think, let's think, let's think. If I've got... Cisco and Miles, then my mitigation, hence therefore my survivability, should be better than average. This ship might last a little bit longer. So maybe this is the slot where I go to proc my ability that I want for all the rest of the ships. Hmm. Two possibilities there, folks. Two possibilities. Who could I be thinking of, Bubba Joe? If I want one ability, if I got to choose only one ability to go against these targets, what would it be? Let's not forget, my shots are coming out at 14 million. What'd you say? Hull breach. Hull breach. Why hull breach? That's an interesting thought. Why hull breach? Because it synergizes with that 35,000. Wait, you mean that the whole breach net calculator, like the net magnifier, the the critical damage bonus is multiplied after 
all the other research is applied? You mean that the last four years in this game that we have been talking about how hull breach is a net multiplier to your final shot, you mean that it actually still holds true now and they didn't just change it on us three days ago? Uh, They did not change it. This is why you can look at a log that we did the other night and show a 14 million power base shot with an 85 million power critical. Hull breach was active. You, without a shadow of a doubt, need to run some hull breach. Now, concrete uh, tank says, hey, my hull breach is on a different ship, and it is for me too. You want to know why? Because I do have Bashir. I do have Bashir. So this this ship would be locked up. But if you're looking for a spot, if you're looking for a spot for your hull breach, you could put it here. You could. Doesn't require, doesn't necessarily mean you have to put it on the ship. You just have to have it. All right. Now, who would you who would you use? Gorkon or Lorca? Interesting dilemma, Bubba Joe, because Gorkon probably has a higher percent chance of proccing, but you have to throw a crit first. You got to throw a crit first. Now, you got Odo under deck. You've got Bashir, maybe. You've got Cisco helping to stack that thing a little bit. So your chances of throwing a crit are probably decent, but not guaranteed. What about the first round? Hmm. Does Gorkon give me the ability to proc Hull Breach in round one? Hmm. I don't think so. No, he doesn't. Tycon says whoever <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Tycon says whoever you have at a higher level for stats. Well, that is a simple idea to think about, but it's not the only idea to think about. We just said, Blue, that in a lot of cases, these rounds are probably going only five, six, seven, eight rounds ish. Do you want to lose twelve to twenty-five percent of your of your fighting time with no ability? Wham, you said it takes you only four rounds. Well, you don't want to give up one out of the four waiting for a proc. I usually uh, make it up to Gorkon by putting him below deck wherever I have six. Do what now? I put him below deck wherever I have six who's based on attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so he doesn't feel left out. For stats. Right, yeah, sure. I'll use him for stats. I got to be honest with you. I do like Lorca. That is a roll of the dice. But I do like Lorca because at least he has a chance to fire in round one. Even if he doesn't proc in round one, then I could have had the same outcome with Gorkon, right? I mean, it's possible. All right? If I proc in round, if, if I didn't proc in round two with Lorca, then I'm really in trouble. But again, it still could be the same outcome if I didn't throw a crit in round one. Now, Archray says Gorkon is consistent. Gorkon appears consistent because his proc rate's 90%. But what's not 90% is your crit chance. See, that's the thing. Gorkon is a double qualifier. If you throw a crit, then you have a 90% chance to inspire hull breach for three rounds. Okay? So it's a chance of a chance. Versus Lorca just being a chance. Now, it is a little bit lower of a chance, admittedly. What's Lorca's, uh, uh, what's Lorca's hull breach ability? That varies by tier. I believe my Lorca 
Let's see if I find him. Yeah, here's my Lorca. Mine is tier four, and I've got a 75% chance. You know what? Mathematically, Blue, I like 75% better than 90% of 50%. See what I'm saying? I think, I think most of the complaints are the people with the tier twos at 60, I believe. Well, let's math that thing out. What is somebody's crit chance? Ballpark. The ship by itself is either going to be 12 or 22 for most players. 12 or 22, depending on whether or not you got the prime. I think I have the prime. So you would be a 22%. Crazy enough, I don't. I've only got 12%. Uh, wait, let me see if it changes on the outside base. Nope. Shouldn't. So you're a 22%. I'm a 12%. Now there's ways to improve that. Right? Cisco is going to help every single round. Bashir is going to add 25% if you've got him. Odo is going to help a little bit. Right? Odo's damage. Yeah, no, never mind. Odo's damage. Not chance. Right? Do I have that right? God, no, I got to I think remember. Odo's yeah. chance below deck. No, he's damage. He's damage. He's Odo's damage. damage. He's damage. <laughs> Listen, anybody, anybody who's going to get you some crit chance, that might be helpful here. All right? But again, mm. the idea is to work towards the most reliable opportunity the most reliable opportunity to get to hull breach for me that's lorca okay for me that's lorca i do acknowledge and understand a lot of people would be using gorkon and it is viable to me i think lorca does better that could be up in my head for you guys who are unsure, it's a toss-up. Try it. See what works best for you. For those of you... It's not, go ahead, Puzz. It's mathematical. It's not in your head, DJ. It's mathematical. I mean, just the example that you were saying. If you had a 50% chance of uh, crit, that means... Uh, and then you apply that to the 90% chance of Gorkon actually activating, you only have a 45% chance of it actually activating on any one particular shot. You know, Bubba, Whereas, I, knew, I knew having the math guy. You guys know he's an actual professional mathematician. Like This is what he does. Like, that's that's awesome. You know, explain this for a second, Potts. Let's, let's back up for a second. Wait, hold on. Is that the one person who is not an idiot? <laughs> Certainly less, le much less of an idiot than I am, for sure. Okay, all humans are idiots, think, but all, all humans are that, still idiots. So. <laughs> he's much less of an idiot than I am. All humans are idiots, you but he—he's pretty smart. Rip has hurt my one feeling tonight. Your one feeling? Oh shucks! You better go sweep I all the miners on your server. Great. Just go sweep. I all. should. <laughs> all right, let's let. Uh, obviously, we're teasing. We're all family. Let's come back to Putz here for a second because Putz, I should have come to you t ten minutes ago. Math this out. It, where have you done the correlation? Like, where does Lorca become better than Gorkon? But because also, don't forget, Gorkon is also a percentage chance that scales by tier. So it may so also depend on what tier your Gorkon is. If your Gorkon's only tier three, then I think Lorca's a no brainer. Putz, give us your analytics up. on Gorkon versus Lorca. So here's where the break even point is between the two. Okay. So you take your crit chance, whatever your crit chance is, right? And then you apply that to, you multiply that number by what Gorkon's uh, chance factor. So using your 50% and 90%, uh, that comes out to a 45% chance per uh, shot. Uh, now, 
where you need that number to be higher than uh, Lorca for it to really be break even. I know that Gorkon does for three rounds and Lorca only does for two. The mathematics behind that, you would weight one more than the other. But for simple purposes, that's where I would go is when when you can get your crits high enough. So maybe your crits are 75% chance. So now you apply the 75% to and then apply that with the 90. You're now at like 60 some percent chance of it to uh, proc uh, Gorkon each shot. So that would be better than the tier two Lorca. Now, let me let me pause you right here. There is one extra factor, Putz, which which maybe you're not, by the way, he's doing this in his head, which is freaking crazy. But different ships have different numbers of weapons, right? Because Gorkon has a chance to proc literally on every single weapon. Not shot, by the way, folks. Not shot, but weapon. Okay? So so if if you have a weapon that fires four shots, you want to get one chance at a proc. Just reminding you. But now if your ship, Bubba, is a pylum and you have seven shots in round one, then maybe Gorkon is better because you've got seven opportunities at that roll, Putz, right? But now if you're flying a G3 Enterprise, you only have two two chances to proc in the first round. Have you factored in weapons or can you do that in your brain on the fly? I have not factored in weapons, but obviously... The more weapons you have firing any round, uh, that could be a simple multiplier, but I would have to look into that. But yeah, I mean, yes, Gorkon could be weighted a little bit heavier if you have a ship that fires lots of shots or or has lots of weapons. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, I'm an idiot. I had that backwards, didn't I? I had seven shots, Bubba, but it's only three weapons. (laughs) See, I don't do the math. It is on weapons, not shots. So, yeah, the pylum was a bad example. Actually, it's still a good example. It's actually a good example of what I was just saying wrong. All right. I would have seven shots, but only three chances to proc. <laughs> I'm a dope. St. Ripper, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I know you're wanting to call me an idiot. Please, please go ahead. Don't worry. I got you. You stupid idiot. No, I don't. I don't, I, I don't think I used the word moron off. No, he likes I idiots. Prefer idiots. Yeah, he likes idiots. Yeah, you are. I do prefer idiots. Stupid idiot. Yes, <laughs> I agree. The, the bottom line is this: it's a complicated break-even point, which is why I say, which is why I said ten minutes ago, it may just be okay for you to go with what feels good to you, right? Because really, truthfully, if you did this a hundred times, putts, I bet when all the math shakes out that the percentage of Lorca proc as compared to the percentage of Gorkon proc probably are pretty close and are certainly going to vary on the tier of both of those officers. If you've got Lorca to tier three and Gorkon to tier three, then it's going to come down to the number of weapons on your ship. I mean, there's a lot of variables here. Go with what feels good. Me personally, go with Lorca. It's easy. I don't have to think about it. I go with Lorca. But I'm not doing it on 5.6, certainly. I'm doing that on my Cisco Miles Lorca because I am getting Cisco's mitigation ability, so I'm getting the ability to live longer. All right? Now, that is a good thought, Blue. We know that Khan is not going to 
be super influential. But again, six rounds, you're going to get a crit chance up to what? Almost 50%, so that might be worth exploring. Maybe higher if you go longer rounds. Maybe not worth writing off just yet. So let's pretend that now you're going to run Cisco, Miles, and Lorca. Or Bashir if you've got him. Well, now things are going to start to get sticky on the third ship because you have to get Lorca in there. And if you got Bashir, he belongs on a different ship. So now you need Lorca. Wham had an idea a few minutes ago. What was your idea, Wham? On your third ship, if you've got Bashir, if you've got Miles, if you've got Cisco, you ran Picard, Beverly, Lorca. Brilliant. That guarantees that guarantees uh, your hull breach. What else does that do? What officer out of that three was one of our key survivability experts in the beginning? <gasps> yeah, Joker. Yeah, Blazed. You got it, Shinzola. You got it, Wham. You get mitigation from stacking defense. You don't need stats for Lorca. You don't need stats for Picard either. Picard's going to get you the boost for Lorca to be 100%. It's also going to give a boost over to Beverly for her mitigation. Stack your defense. And then Picard is going to give you a slight shot in the arm on crit chance. But again, that particular ship, Blue. Crit damage. Uh, crit, sorry, crit damage. Wait, is it crit damage? I thought it was 5% crit chance. Is it crit damage? Is he only 5% crit damage? For which officer? Picard, I'm looking. 15% crit damage. It's tiny. Tiny, tiny, tiny. But, but, blue. That 15%. Well, he boosts that when he's with Beverly, doesn't he? He does boost with Beverly. All right. Also, let's not forget, we just added 35,000% to our base damage. What is critical damage bonus? We're going to wrap this segment right here with this. What is the definition of critical damage bonus? Oh, do I have my Picard to tier three? You know why I have Picard to tier three? The, the syndicate events. Those are so good. I will do those syndicate events until I'm, until I'm max Picard. That is where all of my shards come from. I'll do that until I'm max Picard. Then I'll probably be done with multiphasics. Go back to Amazon coins. But just saying, those are good. Those are good for Picard. Anyway. What does critical damage bonus do? If, Karkin, if I'm adding 15% to my critical damage bonus, what does it actually How mean? How much would that be if you're actually doing it, increasing the Bavar, uh, Picard synergy? Uh, like by 120%. 120, so, so, so 15... So getting like 34? Batman says 33%. Okay. So 33% boost to critical damage. Mr. Mathematician, if I am increasing the critical damage... Bonus. And then I get a hull breach effect on a critical. Is it actually only a 33% boost to damage? Like just a yes or no? No. <laughs> no. No. Here's the order of operations. You have your normal shot, which is now amplified by 35,000%. Then... You're going to multiply it by uh, it being a critical, which is XYZ number. Don't ask. I always, Bubba, I always F this up. I don't know what a crit is. 
is it is it that's the critical damage bonus, right? Critical damage bonus. So that would be well, next. One way I think about it is you fire the shot, then it hits and it ends up being critical. So you always think about the critical damage being applied after the shot's fired. Thank you. I just well, what I meant is I don't remember the number. And then that number is is that per ship, right? Yeah, it's based on not for the crit, the, not for the crit. We're the just talking about the crit. Oh, right? the bo- well, we're talking about the crit first. Could have a- Techni- technically, the number is per weapon. That's right. It's going to be on all shots fired by by. Uh, n- no, the, uh, the, no, 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 no. What what the percentage is depends on the weapon. Oh, really? So different weapons have different crit damages. Yes, <laughs> they can. I've never even looked at that. Check As SDFC. Check SDFC. Dot space for that. They usually don't. I think there's one ship that might, um, but they can have uh, different ones. Usually. Lady Unaleska says, "I do agree. I believe the Augur does that." So okay, cool with that. That's your critical damage bonus, but then, so you're getting an amplification off the normal shot. In a lot of cases today in the game, by probably double. Maybe two and a half. And some people, Bubba Joe, your critical damage bonus is probably up in the threes, right? I would imagine. All the research and all the stuff, the projectiles, the Odo, the Picard, all that stuff, you probably got it up in 300%. It's probably something like that. All right. Triples your normal shot size. Uh Uh-oh, but we're not done, Blue. Because what if I've tripled my normal shot size and now I have hull breach? Then things get quite multiplied. That's how you go from 15 million to 85 million. Okay. You multiply your crit damage bonus by 1.5, right? Is that what we kind of finally figured out? Because I can never remember. That Batman says yes. I'm going to be perfectly blunt. I actually have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. God, every single time I try to figure this out, like it throws me for a loop. Every The commonly accepted definition of hull breach is take the critical damage bonus multiplied by 1.5. It's close enough. <laughs> It would be really helpful if they just put it in the text. When you I know. God bless it. Just give me a base. Like, give me the, the total research as a bonuses and all that stuff. Um, yes. Okay. Oh, and uh, one quality of life note I would give to Scopely is they should have programmed it where anytime you start try to start a Borg solo Apata and you have zero of the research is done, you get a pop-up warning that Borg you stuff. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> that would be player beneficial for sure. All right. Oh, so that, would have, that it would have been so simple to implement as well. It probably would have been. But yeah, you definitely need that. So third ship. I think it's acceptable to go with Picard, Beverly, Lorca. Unless you had Lorca on a previous ship. And then I might be looking at something just a little bit different. If I had Lorca on the Cisco ship, then I might be looking. And it also depends, by the way, on what your third ship is. For some of you, it may be the Enterprise. If you run an Enterprise, there is one who must never leave her helm. Okay? If you fly an Enterprise, Kirk is a requirement. Must have Kirk. Kelvin Kirk. The original epic Kirk. If you fly an Enterprise, that is a guaranteed officer slot. You got to. Okay? So you've got some room for modification here. You've got some room for customization. Me, I have Bashir. But I'm also running Kirk. Oh, now now I'm in a little bit of trouble. Putz, because 
I've got Bashir on ship number two, so now I need a slot on ship number three. It's got to be for Kirk. I mean, it's got to be for Lorca. But I also have to have Kirk. Have to. So I'm not going to get 100%. So what I do is, crazy enough, I run Kirk as captain. I do put Lorca on the side. Which, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know exactly why I run Kirk as captain. It's not necessary. Well, it's mitigation. The most, it's just it's it's more stats. That's right. That's probably yeah. It's more stats. That third officer, uh, people are asking: Is it for mitigation? Is it bad or is it is it is it Zhao? And the question is: What percentage is either one of those officers for you Mm -hmm. specifically? Yeah, look at them. Which one's better, Kirk Beverly or Kirk Zhao? Okay, and then yes, I run Lorca on the other side. You got it, Uki. Look at you, Kirk. He runs Kirk Zal. That depends on your tier of Beverly. All right. My Beverly, yeah. I recently maxed. She's tier five, so now mm. she's better than Zal by 50%. I'm pretty, pretty sure Zal is better than Beverly all the way up through tier four, right? Yeah, but, and they're, but they're equal. Go with Bev because Bev isn't conditional. That's true. Although you're going to have morale almost always. But Zal does require morale. If they're equal, go with Beverly. Good call. Joker says, what if no Enterprise? Well, then the question is a little bit simpler. Do you need Lorca on that slot and you don't need Kirk? So let's go with our last potential crew. All right. If you're not going to run Kirk and if you don't need Lorca there, let's take a, a quick peek at the last one. Where did I put it? Where's your graphic? I saw it in the chat room a minute ago, Blue. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, PMs are in the uh, contributor chat. Ah, thank you. I knew I just saw it. Wait, where is it? God, dude, can you just send it to me again? <laughs> I don't know where I put it. Where is it? Thank you. Introducing Blues Cruise. <laughs> this is great. There's a whole inside story about how we came Obviously up with this. Obviously, the first one's better. Uh, yeah, there's a whole whole big story about how we came up with this, all right? But um, these are the ones that we, oh, these are the crews that we just talked about. So, all right, Blue, let me put you on the spot then. Let's say you're not flying an Enterprise and you don't need Lorca on the third. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, that's the same one. Oh, uh, well, which, uh, which one are you? That's the same one on the, blue, on the Blue's Cruise image, isn't it? Yes, but Yeah. I have more. Oh, okay, send more, send more, send more. Let's get them all. Uh, they're, funny story, there is an inside story on this, Bubba Joe. Oh, where did he go? Okay, there's an inside story on this trader. While we were on Twitch the other night, you were there for it, I think. Um, I don't even know how it happened, but we started. I uh, thought you were. We started talking about um, these crews, and Blue's crews ended up really being better than anything we else tested. These were his, his suggestions. And, and I think I just kind of stumbled into that at one point. I'm like, yeah, Blue's crews. And I was like, oh, my God, we got it. Like, this is it. <laughs> Blues Cruise are the best. Oh, my it. God. And it just it just happened. So uh, welcome to Blues Cruise. This depends. This depends uh, heavily. All right. Whether you're punching up or you're punching down, you could throw in a loot crew. Okay. Throw in a Jordy Beverly Picard on a third ship, depending on what it is. And depending on your potential target. Okay. Look, Dragon says, listen, I've, I've kind of been trying to two ship these things and you could, which means in a, in a scenario, now Dragon, I think you're, dang, look at you, man. 
Now, there is a big power gap, right? You're definitely punching down, so to speak. You're in Ops 39, which means you really should be hitting the 40, 41s, which you're doing. If you were feeling brave and wanted to try to punch up to the 45, then you could try Blue's Cruise. <laughs> but now, if you are going to punch down, then there's, then there's a, a, a loot crew option as well. And that's what's really awesome. That's one thing I fundamentally love about these BSAs, Trader. There is not a one-size-fits-all. There's not. And one thing you have to keep in mind when comparing them to the Dominions is I just posted the, uh, the chest pull brackets uh, for each one, mm-hmm. and there's a drastic, like, uh, you know, there's four bracket, you know, four-level brackets in most of the Borg, and more of it two brackets or three brackets for two level three level brackets within the dominion so there's huge hikes in power which is why that 45 is such a it's such a, a climb for anyone who's been able to kill mm-hmm. the 41 easily yeah absolutely it's a, it's a big big climb now cruzito says listen a good fail safe for a weaker ship is always going to be what we ran on the defiant picard beverly eurydice if you don't really have a ship that's going to stack up if you don't have any other abilities, if you don't have Bashir, if you don't have uh, Cisco, you know, if you don't have Miles at a decent spot, whatever, if you're running short on any crew, then Picard Beverly Yuri is always going to help a weaker third ship. What that's going to do is give it extra survivability. And what does that do? Listen, it might not be throwing a bunch of shots. You could use it on an auger. You could use it on a on a Sally. You could use it on on... I don't know, a Bortos, right? If Bubba were here, he'd be screaming about the Bortos. You want to put it on a tank. Put it on something that can survive long enough to continue to absorb shots away from your killer ships, away from the leads, away from the brutes. You got it, Esclasico. It's the tank, okay? It's a tank. You put it in there, and it will absorb shots for almost the entire length of battle. By the way, just as a quick, like, my opinion, if you're going to run Picard Beverly Yuri, then Tendi goes under deck on that ship. You might think Tendi is going to do better for you on your big ship, and you might be right. Blue, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but if I am going to run a tank, I want it to last forever. I want it to last forever. Well, I usually like to put Tenny on mine because my Tenny's like tier three by now. So you're putting so, it, you're putting it on on the brute. Yeah, just because, just because it's usually where it stays. Now here's what's crazy: my brute is my pylum and only has three underdeck slots. I need the stats. I need the stats more than I need an underdeck ability who are low tier, therefore low stats. So I'll take the stats for my brute and I'll put Tendi under deck with a PBE. Okay, that's that's what I'll do. I mean, yeah. To be fair, uh, your little ships probably need the extra health more than your pylon does. Probably. Why? Because I want it to continue to soak up the damage. Now, Wham, you're right. It's only going to give you an extra shot. But what else are you going to put below deck on a PBE? It's Picard, Beverly, Yuri. Every single round, it's taking a little bit of hull. Listen, well, guess in- what, Wham? I lost to my fifty-three epic. By 54 epic by one shot. <laughs> That's right. We did do we did do that at one point. You're right. It's only going to get you one or two shots. 
but with the with the PBE mechanic, it actually may be able to do just a little bit more. Maybe one or two. Now, against these big targets, probably only one. But still, that's one extra round, Wham. Maybe two rounds. Remember, you're in an armada. You're not guaranteed to take a shot. Could get you an extra round or two of tank ability. Okay? Lord Ascaran says, what if we don't have Picard? Well, see, this is why it's not a one-size-fits-all. Could Pike be used with Beverly and Eurydice? No. I mean, oh gosh, you, I don't. I don't think you do Pike, Beverly, Eurydice. You could, but Beverly is less effective, and your Eurydice won't be a hundred percent. I would say if you don't have the card, Pike Moreau, have Yuri, have an Enterprise. <laughs> if you if you don't have Captain uh, Picard, have an Enterprise. <clears throat> if you, we're getting into some really extreme cases here. But if you don't have an Enterprise and you don't have Picard. Do you give up the mitigation Toss by running Pike in the captain seat? Toss you know, if you don't, if you don't have Picard, hang on. Right. Come back to Karkin. I like this thought. Beverly Toss, in the captain's chair. Toss Beverly in the captain's seat, and if you have a minimum tier four Yuri, have her on the side with someone else for something. Third spot. Yeah, Lorca. something. Lorca, Gorkon, your other whole breach officer. If Yuri happens to fail, at least the next round, Beverly Shield Regen will bring Yuri's chance back. May not be perfect, but not only that, not only that, but if you if you were searching for an officer to put there, it could be the other of Gorkon or Lorca, whichever one you didn't use. Now you're virtually guaranteeing yourself a hundred percent. You know, if you got both, you're virtually guaranteeing yourself a hundred percent. So maybe maybe if you're looking for a spot to fill there. Uh, Batman has suggested, listen, if you're looking for a spot, you could try Gala. (laughs) Very limited effect, Batman. You only get 10% criticals, and their critical damage is only 150%, but it would at least make all shots regular. Like, if you've got a max Gala, that'll reduce the crit damage bonus down to 100, then you would have 100% normal shots. So that can probably help a little bit. Again, if you're searching for an officer at this point, most... Anything you put under there is going to help a little bit. Okay? A little bit. And I do remind people, you're right, Duval. I would not have considered Yuri for my build, and most high-level players aren't going to need Yuri. Okay? This is only in a scenario where you need a third ship to be successful, and the third ship is not quite as good. Very, like, weak sauce kind of just coming in to fill the slot. Because you can't do it with two. Some people are doing it with two. Trader can do it with two, can't you, Trader? Yes, I can. Yeah, you can. As a matter of fact, I saw a player in here just a few minutes ago who posted a screenshot. Who was it? Posted a screenshot of two shipping. Uh, now it was a lower, uh, it was a lower level. Here it is, Dragon. Dragon as an ops thirty nine two ship to forty one. Why might you want to do that? And then we got to take a break. We re- we're over time. As a thirty nine, if you can't do the forty fives which there's a couple of different reasons why you couldn't. You might not have the power, and you might not have the warp range, and you might not have the summoning, all right? But as a 39, if you're powerful, and you can do a dozen level 41s without scratching your hull, then why would you two-ship it? Loot Anybody? crew. Loot. Bigger slice of the pie. Loot. Two ships rather than three. You got it. And ultimately, I'm going to wrap up with this on board crewing. It's wonderfully 
brilliant what the community has come up with here. It demonstrates your knowledge of this game. It demonstrates your knowledge of the mechanics, and I love this. This is the kind of brainstorming session that Scopely needs to sit in before they launch new mechanics and new crews and all that stuff. Because you guys are thinking of everything. Now, in fairness, Bubba, and you might disagree, Blue, I don't know if you'll disagree. I haven't asked you this question. Putz, I'd like your opinion on it as well. As a mathematician, I find a mathematical intelligence in the way the Borg spheres were written. Bubba Joe, agree, disagree? I find very little intelligence in how the Borg spheres were engineered. Okay. Do do you want to spend 60 seconds on that? We've just talked about six or seven potential different crews with different scenarios, talked about their stats, the damage, the research, the hull breach. Why do you not find this to be a strategy-invoking target? And how many of them matter if you haven't done the research? None. Exactly. All of them matter, though, if you do the research. It's like step one. It's like taking off the training wheels. There is literally, there is literally nothing you can do if you haven't done the research. Well, I agree. You got to do the research. research, Which Which is my point. Which is my point. If you have not done, if you have to, if you engineer something so that you are forced to do the research to do engage in this new content, then you have failed in your event design. See now, you I have failed in your feature design. Bubba, don't you always? Aren't you the one that says like, how do you scale? You know, uh, targets and stuff. You know that can be done by G three as compared to G five and still make it interesting. You don't think that they've actually put a notch in their belt on this one? No, because I. I would struggle against the lower tier armadas if I hadn't done the research. So, Bubba, what you're feeling right now is the revenue filter from the decision to make. So people are like, people's going to have stockpiles of charged nanoprobes, and we're going to want them to need more because if they don't need more, they're not going to pay by packs. So might as well have some content that requires me to pay a substantial amount just so I empty out my existing stockpile and end up encouraged to buy I'm, I got to be honest but with you, Bubba. I'm not you, sure that so, I understand why that makes it bad. So I think it puts everybody on a relatively even playing field. If you do not do, if you do, if you have to do something else, if you have to do something extra just to engage in the new content. Now, the something extra in this case was easy, but without that research, they are impossible. Well, with G three and even and that's G- why I do not like the design of the spheres. It's to be fair though, you could in a single refine, not even a double pull. You could, I think, you can just get two of the researches done. Isn't this one of the only ways they could have avoided a Vidar A? I, I kind of think so. Yeah, I do. I'm not I was sure why they the did, why they went that was... research route. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't quite make much sense to me because the cost isn't that high. They wanted to make it accessible. Listen, if you didn't give... Yeah, but, th- but why make it so accessible that it's basically a joke? Then you might as well just, you know, just... Not have not, it? Yeah. Just give it. Like you just said, they were I'm, just trying I'm, to rebalance it and allow I disagree with chips you have. I disagree with Ripper. There's All right, Trader, you've got the floor. Go ahead, Trader. There's nothing wrong with an easy mechanic. I disagree with what Ripper is saying. I think that there's other ways they could have implemented it. I am and will... Main animally opposed to 
Vidar A for multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a very simple, accessible fix. Could have been done in any number of ways, but this is like the least objectionable way to do it, in my opinion. That allows you to use the ships you're already using for thing the new content e rather than exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so DJ, yeah. If you take this mechanic, these armadas, and you divide their health stats by thirty five thousand, and you remove that research, what do you have? Not the same thing as you have now. I know that you're you're thinking of it like like you know just remove it and make it thirty five thousand make it need thirty five thousand less damage, but I think what they've done here is kind of hit. You know, I I don't I don't think this is an accurate way to portray what I'm thinking because I don't know of the exact words, but I I feel like this was a level of standardization. It was almost like a reset button, um, and and it, I I know that it's not like it doesn't bring. G3 equal with G5. Like, I, I know. As a matter of fact, like, damage output-wise, it, it even widens it. But it gave them the ability to scale targets in a more clear and concise fashion. Um, they could have scaled the targets exactly as they did in terms of their damage output and not introduce the research and reduce all of the health and shield stats by 35,000% or something approximating that, and you end up with the exact same thing. Yeah, they've no. done this. No, you don't. They've done this. What? Why not? It, it's not the exact same because let, let's pretend that my damage output, and I've only got a minute for this. I want to get to the other panelists. If you've got, if I've got a thousand damage output, Bubba Joe, and you've got a hundred thousand damage output, you multiply both of those numbers by thirty-five thousand, then it is a much different, larger gap in target control than it would be if you just removed that 35,000%. Because now, but at 1,000 and 100... You. I'm not targeting you. I'm targeting the armadas, and the armadas are much larger. They scale up. If you would have taken... If you do exactly, exactly. what I say, it would have changed exactly nothing. Exactly. Let, let me spend 30 seconds illustrating this, because some people are still doing it, but not as much. All right? What was the one thing that we... That a lot of people found, especially G4... Uh, like mid to low, maybe mid to upper G4 that they could do with Jemhead R. All right. Mr. Tiger came on the show and said three to four uncommons equals a rare. Okay. But 45s, 47s, 49s, they're punching up so high. They're punching up so high that you can do one rare to one uncommon. And, and Bubba, you can't. Trader, you can't. Most G5s cannot, and that was a salty piece of feedback. I don't mean salty insultingly. I mean, that was something you were very frustrated about, right? Bubba, right now, you say it takes you at least three days to do a chest pull, a single chest pull. Mm -hmm. I, can do one un I can do one uncommon armada and do a double chest pull. Doesn't that piss you off? Yes. One armada, I can do a I double. Think. Now, what this does... It allows, like, you, are, you have a 35,000% larger separation, all right? Because 
the research, don't forget, Bubba, it's affecting your base. So I come back. If my base is 1,000 and I multiply that by 35,000, now I'm at 3.5 million. You take yours at 100,000 and you multiply that by 35,000, you're now at 350 million. That gives a larger gap between these targets that prevents me from hitting a target too far up from where I'm supposed to be. It reinforces the timing of... Now, at least, even if I do punch up, it can't be much, but two or three armadas per chest, maybe, maybe if I do three armadas, I might be able to pull a double. It does actually help that segmentation a little bit. It's not perfect, it, but it makes it better no, than it was it, with Jem'Hadar. DJ, I can't do this in a minute, but if you do the math and do exactly as I'm describing, it makes no difference. Mm-mm. Zero. I, no. I, I disagree. Yes. I disagree. No, it, it, you DJ, need to sound it, it, is, it is the same it's thing. Math. Just map to a different scale. Right. So if you <laughs> if you multiply both sides by the same number, you might as well just not. But Correct. it allows the target to be that much wider. No. It depends no, it on does. the base. It oh, for the love it of Pete. It does not. Yes. It yes, does not. it does. It affects no. the base. Okay? It no, affects the base, which allows the larger target to be wider apart. It does not. All right. We're not going to resolve this. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know you what is so difficult if about understanding this. Both sides by the same amount, it does. It results into the exact same thing. But allows the end is target there, to be. Is there anyone else who wants to jump in? Either I'm missing something or. I mean, I already explained it. 1,000 base. I, Bubba, the base of your G5 ships. Is it indeed larger or smaller than mine? Is it, is it indeed multiples, factors larger than mine? Yep. Okay. Now, you take that, that, that factor of 10 or 12 or whatever it is, and then you multiply it by another 35,000. The power gap. This is why the 45s are next to impossible for some of these players. But over in Jem'Hadar, they can hit 47s and 49s. It's fundamentally DJ, DJ. allowing the target to be massive. That's why the research nope. is required. It's why the research is required. DJ. If you don't do the research, I would die against a 41. You said it yourself. DJ, I'm going to let putts check my math here, okay? And I'm going to use some nice round numbers. Let's say your damage is 10 and mine is 100 before the research, right? That's too close. You said I have a 10x no. increase on the base damage. Yours is 10, mine is 100. All right, whatever. To, in DJ's okay. defense, as as you, you can imagine it, as you tear up a Vidar, you know you're you're gonna see, or you tear up something with the thirty five thousand, you're gonna notice that that scaling and damage is probably gonna be a similar scale, in terms of as. But you as you're scaling up, scaling up your, your grade of ships versus your the event ship ship tier, both the damage goes up exponentially. Okay, but. If we take that, if I, if you're at ten and I'm at hundred, I have ten x what you can do, and you multiply both sides by three by thirty five thousand. What do you end up with? Three hundred and fifty thousand, three point five million. Okay, it's exactly the same ratio as it was before. Ten x, nothing has changed. 
I agree with you, but here is the nuance, okay? Is that once you do this multiplication of 350,000, it makes several officers that we would normally use obsolete in well, and brings bingo. other officers that were obsolete and brings them now back to the forefront. So a different strategy. I, yes. All right, so let me circle back to my... I feel my... like there's a much better way to achieve that, though. But, you know, that's just my opinion. They're trying. Okay, let, let me ask spirit. Ripper. Yeah, you know, listen, I got a ton of respect. I, but... I have not put too, enough thought into it. Well, no, no, now listen, that's not fair then. Don't say that you would have done it a different way if you don't know how you would have done it. Like, there's a better way to do this, then what is it? Just throw it off the top of your head. Don't even need to be balanced. What method, what mechanic, or what engine would you have done to do this better? Well, I want to... come up with an arc in the next five seconds. No, I don't. I don't mean an arc. Right. It, so, I don't like. I don't care so, about the math. You know, just what engine? Here's the thing. I, I I think I've said recently at some point that I want them to be bold and I want them to make something. You know great this isn't it this is just you know oh well, we have I, this now and we want something you know we just kinda... i think we can all agree that this is not it i mean i, I never once right. said that so, this was the earth-shattering so... content we've all been dying for <laughs> yeah right so i want something something you know big something grand that just isn't just oh let's you know do the minimal amount of thing to just kind of you know negate most of what we have added so we can sort of do a new thing that is basically the same just slightly different that I don't like. There must okay. be something entirely new, something entirely grand. I, I don't disagree with that statement. It should should be to this. But and these think, are two totally different Borg, things. I think that Borg would be a would have been an amazing opportunity to do that. The same yeah. time though. Wouldn't it be uh, wouldn't it be cool if they took the ability that's on ASB assaults and put it on Borg Armadas instead? Instead of hitting at the lowest ship, it hits a random ship. What What do you mean? I mean, what if when you're fighting a Borg, round one, here comes a one billion power shot. Randomly assigned to one of your ships. I think that's mindless. Very Borg specific. I think that's mindless. I would, I would take a, a Fisha or on a survey ship or something. I would just sacrifice it. What? What? No, because it's going to hit a random ship, not your lowest ship. That's good. Yeah, tractor beam. Now, mm. now instead of instead of having a crew, because we've kind of settled on what the crew is supposed to be, depending on the availability of the crews you have. But if you have all the crews, depending on their tier, there's a there's a crew you want to use. Now, you may, if you're running an enterprise, you might want to have morale instead of Pike or Picard. Or there are some subtleties based on the ships that you have available. But if you're in G4 land, right, and you're using G4 ships or higher. There's a crew that we've settled on and what it probably needs to be based on hopefully you're able to reach the armadas that you want to hit, okay? But what if instead of three ships, solo armadas, like they're new, but well, they're kind of a solved thing. What if you now have to think about redundancy within your crew? What if instead of having to run just Lorca, if you really want critical, you want whole breach, you've got to run Lorca on one ship, and Gorkon on the other, because you've got to double up your chances at Hull Breach. What if you had to plan on one ship just randomly going away? 
not the lowest ship, like not exactly like Starbase's work, the way that they're supposed to work of targeting a random ship. That's an Armada thing that would be bold and big and challenging and different than what we're doing now. With respect. Or maybe maybe just an entirely different form of of actually, you know, of combat for just, you know, these bulk things. Why, why does it have to be the, the same thing? Like, Borg is like something else, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I want I'm something, not sure. I'm something amazingly big. All right. I, uh, I, I have no response to, to any of that. I, I don't. I don't understand I what Ripper's saying. I don't understand what Bubba's saying. Like it doesn't, it doesn't jive in my head. Uh, Putz, go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay. So cannon, Borg, whole nine yards. What were the two main factors of how you defeated Borg? You defeated Borg by bu- uh, buffing up your defense and survival, and you and hitting heavy and hitting them as hard as you could, as fast as you could. And I think that they designed these to those two factors, right? I think canically they are designed pretty well, that they are actually acting like a board. You have to hit them fast, you have to hit them hard, and you have to survive as long as you can. Okay. Blue. <clears throat> Looking at these targets, do I don't even remember what my original question was. I, I, I'm, I'm flustered at the moment. Well, well, I would say one one good thing. How do you the, feel about the design? Is there an intelligent design to this yeah. is what your question was. Yeah, okay. That's a good question. So, <laughs> I would say that the design, it feels a little slightly incomplete uh, in a way. It's it's like there, but like not quite. I'm hoping that this feeling goes away with the second arc. <sighs> but the... Um, sensation I, I, the thing is is that they've copy pasted the content a little bit but at the same time people when solomonas came out people like dumped all their ducks in a row into these supports their ships their everything like that and at the same time while this is recycled it is nice to have another like another utility gotten out of that investment through like those ships that you're using in your so dominion solomonas are the same ships you're throwing at the bork so at least those sh- the effort isn't wasted in a way and, and I like that point, and, and I'm going to use that to go to break here. That particular point is one that I want to hone in on. There are two points there. One, it is only month one. We clearly know and have been demonstrated to every single time they run an arc that something leads to something else, at least up until the conclusion. Then they forget about it forever. We're in, we're in arc one, Bubba. They're not going to forget about it forever in arc two. There's going to be a continuation of some mechanical engine here. Um, but, mm. but more than that, Blue, I like what you had kind of said and what Putz echoed a moment ago is that it's different enough that it's not the exact same crew. It's not the exact same motions. Like, at the very least, maybe using the same ships, but at the very least, it is requiring, because of the way these are written, it does require a different crew than Jem'Hadar. It does stimulate thought. It does stimulate analytics. It does stimulate strategy within your crew. But but the only reason I don't know that I would want to go with something quite as bold as what you were suggesting is there is no preparation for that. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's no preparation for that. Like, like if I brought my my G5 rare ship 
and then, you know, two G4 rares. And no matter what I did, no matter how I crewed, like, just random my G5 ship can just go boom, no matter how I crew for that, I think we would find that highly frustrating that we couldn't counter something like that. You know, so I, I don't I don't know. Moon Knight says that this also, the whole solo armadic uh, mechanic, kind of forces you to really reconsider skipping too many ships. And I think you're absolutely right about that. You know, we talked about that on oh, Twitch. I agree the other, about yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about that, uh, Trader, on Twitch the other night. You know, because funny enough, someone uh, did actually say to, to uh, the developer chat here not long ago, Oh, I remember what it was. We were talking about the ship specific, the hostile hunter thing, Bubba Joe, that that you don't like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And and somebody brought up, you know, well, you said we weren't even supposed to have all these kinds of ships. You know, we're, we don't have three lead ships. And and this was a really interesting response. Scopely came back and said, "Yeah, we did say that two and a half, three years ago, but things change." So- and and we've well, I I don't disagree that that point was made, but but you know it was interesting, and and I think it's evidenced by the content that they're producing that it's probably no longer the case that that claim, Bubba Joe, the three years ago that you're only supposed to have one faction's worth of ships, you know that was probably the original intent, but mechanics change, intents do change, and when they when they put that cap back. They made it possible for people to have all these ships. So now they're shifting their meta towards people and their design and their intent towards people having multiple ships. You're right about the cost and, and the expense of having, you know, three lead ships like that, Trader. But, you know, the response the other day was very interesting in that, yeah, we did say that three years ago. But we've been laying pretty loud breadcrumbs that that's no longer the direction we're going. You forced us away from that direction, so we're developing content in the direction you guys asked for. Solo Armadas require so, three ships. You got to have three at least decently powerful ships. You know what I'm saying? So I, mm, go ahead, Bubba. I think that the perspective that you're taking is that the Borg ships are different than the Arm Solo than the Gemidar Solo Armada ships. And what I can tell you is, from my perspective, they're not. Now, I can't bring three ships to the Borgs because of warp range, so that's a change. But even if I brought a third ship, the crew I would have on that third ship is exactly the same as the third ship crew I bring to Hadar's. So you're saying there's a big difference. I'm not seeing a big difference. So I guess that's a matter of perspective of What's the, ships the, third that, ship? the ships that you're bringing. What's your third ship? A tank? Well, if my third crew? ship, so I probably, I, no, I would, it's probably the, uh, it's the same. It's a survivability ship. It's my, th- it's my weakest ship I would bring to the Armada, right? I bring, I can bring the two biggest ones. I can bring my, my rares, but to bring the uncommon, I can't because it doesn't have the warp range. If I did, it would probably go with a survivability crew. Cause again, it's all about doing criticals that are hull breached, right? Whether or not I'm doing 350% more damage because it has 350% more hull or 35,000% more hull and I'm doing 3 3 35,000% more damage that's irrelevant what matters is extra shots and hull to absorb extra shots and I would bring a ship that can just survive right so to me there is no difference now maybe I guess at G4 it sounds like there is a difference in the crew but 
to me, it's all about shots and survivability, and that's exactly the same way it was for the Jem'Hadar. So you're running the exact same crew for these that you were running for Jem'Hadar on all three? Correct. Wow. Well, I, okay. I can't bring three, but the third one would be the same. But even on your power <laughs> two, the power two, you're running the same thing. Exact same thing. Huh, okay. It's it's five six con, uh Cisco Miles Lorca. That's the cruise. See, this this is where this is where the targets and this is gonna sound stupid for a second, but if you're two shipping and you're running five six and con and you're not sweating, then you're not hitting a big enough target, which means they didn't make you strong enough. I, I mean, I know that well, that sounds insane, Trader. Tell me I'm insane. But if you're... You're insane. You're too shipping. I mean, here, here's the thing. I can hit the biggest armadas they have, giving the most loot that they're going to give. Unless they're going to start giving us bigger armadas to hit up to, what's, there's like nothing else to do here. Like, I'm maximizing my loot right now. I can't do anything better than what I'm doing now. So how I mean, are your pulls? My pulls, I do single ones. If I if I save up, I can do doubles, but triples are never going to be in the cards. Which which kind of comes back to what I was saying, Trader. First, here's how they fix it. Okay, first of all, they fix your chest and they fix the loot payout so that you guys have the same models as everybody else. I don't disagree with that, but the fact that you're hitting the largest targets with a loot crew and and not sweating and not suffering damage and you're two shipping it that literally fundamentally means the target's not big enough it's not challenging it no no matter what crew you run with you're going to win that is what bubba is saying this is mindless for you there is yeah, no strategy is. well then that but it, that does that mean that the target while. is not powerful enough for you but it the point that should be made is not that it's these specific targets. It's all of the targets in this game. I mean, it's end game. We've hit end game. Well, so and, trader, you're not trying on the Gemadar. Are you killing the dreadnoughts or are you killing the vanguards? Now that I got my enterprise D, I can kill the, the dreadnoughts with the loot crew. Okay, so that's just a difference of having the epics versus the rares, I guess. Because yeah. I can take loot crew got... against the vanguards, but I can't. I can't even take a non-loot crew or best crew against the uh, the dreadnoughts. So that's just a the dreadnoughts for the gem hadar are just the next level up. The gem the borg don't have that next scale. Like they don't have multiple scales of sixties. Now I don't know that that's the right way to go. I kind of think they should have just said, "Hey, we're going to have these armadas that are." Uh, 63s right they're going to be one level up you can't reach them right but they're going to be there when you're able to reach them right but i agree they didn't scale these correctly which again comes back to my perspective of this design not being very good now okay, I get again I, we can argue about we can argue about the semantics of how it could have been better or what would have made it good or you know but i you asked a question and i'm i i'm sorry that i gave an answer that you didn't like no, I get it. I, I think maybe I didn't understand it, and I don't think until the last two minutes that you communicated your... To be honest with you, Trader, Trader communicated your objection better than you did, and now I see your point. 
You know, you were talking about the research. Like, that has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what your complaint was. You know, and, and, and I do get it. If you find the content boring and, and it doesn't matter what crew you run and you're too shipping them, then yeah, it's not engaging. It's not exciting. There's no fear of death. I, I see your point now, 30 minutes later. It just, we, we, worked, okay. we, we weren't well, jiving there. Um, Trader saves me a lot of conversations. <laughs> that's it. Trader, Trader <laughs> saves the day. Your retainer is on the way. <laughs> oh, God. 39. The same thing is happening with the warp range. I challenge any Ops 39 to be able to send actual warships to at the next level up. The 45. Uh, the, 40, the warp 80? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm two shipping. Uh, the 41s, I can do seven of them if I wanted without having to uh, – uh, repair and so I'm it comes back to the warp arc. range. Yeah. Warp yeah. Is very clear yeah. Okay. All right. With that, <clears throat> we're going to record the single longest segment in Talking Trek history, and we're going to take a break. When we return, we've got other things to talk about. That was a fascinating conversation. Some people in the chat didn't like it, I guess. Um, too bad, so sad. <laughs> that was what that is what I chose to do. Uh, on the other side, though, Bubba Joe, we will uh, come to the chat for questions regarding Fleet Commander. There are still some confusing elements of this feature out there, and we have to start looking at our skill points. I know that we were talking about how they would be a finite supply, Bubba Joe, but some people have begun to kind of look through, including myself, have started to look through what you can do now with your chosen commander as compared to what you might want to do with a, another paid commander, be that the alternative that's available now or the Locutus commander that is coming up this coming week. We're going to talk about that, and we are going to spend a couple of minutes and might even do this on the other side of the break because I don't know that there's much to say about it other than I don't like this idea. Um, but the cross-server so, uh, solo leaderboards were drastically modified this run, Bubba Joe, and... And I have a reason why. I am torn on it because it makes mathematical sense, but obviously it doesn't feel good. So I'm kind of torn on this. I'm going to give you that communication on the other side of this break, plus uh, your first of two chances at Talking Trek's Battleship. All this and more on the other side of the break. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. We return in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Hang on. Today's show brought to you in part by the Musgrove Trial Firm in Georgia. Have you suffered personal injury in Georgia? You need a buddy. Give Buddy at the Musgrove Trial Firm a call. 678-226-1994. Visit them online at musgrovetrialfirm.com. PvpTarget.com is a site with a whole host of tools for the players, not only at veteran status in this game, but also for brand new players, giving you insights into PvP banding, crews, and ROE used by many servers. PvpTarget.com can help you get your feet under you with respects to all things player versus player. Visit their website for a player's guide regarding lawful attacks, warships, and even a glossary of terms for use right here inside Star Trek Fleet Command. Visit PvpTarget.com today. That's PvpTarget.com. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Crazy Boy Recliners with genuine straight jacket strapping to tie dad down when he's had a really bad day. It's time now for Stoned Movie Reviews. 
Stone Movie Critics for Stone Movie Goers. Welcome back to Stone Movie Reviews, bro. For today, it's the original Friday the 13th. Dude, it's Thursday. What are you talking about? No, dude. The movie Friday the 13th with Jason and the campers. Hey, I, I went camping once in the 80s. Yeah, we forgot to bring a lighter. You know how tough it is to light a joint with two twigs and a stone, man? <laughs> That's rough. But I guess at least you weren't getting hacked to pieces by some psycho's mother. <laughs> what? Jason wasn't the killer. It was his mom. <sighs> I thought my mom was a jerk when she smashed my bong, man. Uh, dude, that's even worse. Anyway, when do we start talking about when Freddy comes in? <laughs> that's Nightmare on Elm Street. This is Friday the 13th? Dude, it's Thursday. We've been over this. More Stone movie reviews after a quick edible break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the weekend. We got playoff games. Watch some of these funny teams. Honey, go up in flames. Ignore the family who ask you to do chores and clean. It's wild card weekend, honey. I just can't be seen. Playoff weekend. Welcome to the weekend. Watch the QB take up. Who? Who? Who's gonna take the lead? everybody welcome back i know man bubba don't you just want to be sitting on a beach right now like it's one thing to have a conversation about math and strategy like that's a thing but when scopely mechanics actually make your head hurt (laughs) with how widely they can be interpreted like maybe that's the story of life inside this game like even even me at 49 and and like getting ready to start my g5 journey it is still such a massively different game for me as it is to you. It hurts my head because it's like we're not even talking about the same thing. But but it is but it is the same thing, right? Well, but when it's, go ahead, Trader. I was gonna say it. it our level in Upper G Five. It's not the same thing anymore. None of it right. is. I mean, <sighs> right. What, I, what I'm experiencing at 59 is actually even still vastly different than someone say at 53 is. And theirs is vastly different than what you're seeing at 49. They've always had these just people are playing vastly different games. And on one hand, that means the game is, you would think the game is evolving, but really all it's doing is making it more aggravating. 
Yeah, and and I guess the problem with that is when you try to release a singular piece of content or a singular feature, yeah, we've talked about this before, Trader. I guess it just becomes impossible. It does it actually become yeah. impossible? You know, and, and if that's I the case, if it legitimately becomes impossible, then Scopely needs more people because they got to start writing two arcs every month. I, I don't know what the answer is. I would think that there has to be a mathematical way to balance this. But it, but there it, is a mathematical way to balance it, but it's too expensive for <sighs> them. That's what it comes down to. Well. To make it balanced for me and you, the rewards have to be different. The scaling has to be different. It all has to be different. And that's just, I mean, I, they don't seem to have evidenced any desire whatsoever to, to take that responsibility on. You know, <clears throat> and do you, do you think it's going to get easier or harder when they launch G6? You know, and, God, and, well, this, this is what I was just going to say. Ripper was on no. this show a year ago and talked about power creep and there need to be a reset. There needs to be a floor. You know, if I, I don't understand this concept mathematically, but apparently a lot of other games do it. Listen, when you launch G6, it needs to be a reset, like a totally huge reset. Go back yeah, down into the floor, go back down to the floor, give some unique well, abilities or give some unique opportunities to source it, things. But you, you got listen, the power creep is what's making this so bad. The 35,000 person. With that, though, DJ. OK, you would have to do it for everyone. Well, I know I, I, I get that, but I'm saying the next opportunity that they've even got is the launch of G6. But yes, it needs to happen and it needs to happen in such a way. Like the, the way the G3 was originally balanced. Because, yeah. you know, right now, even within your generation, a G5 Rare cannot compete with a G5 Epic. How many of you guys have Sally's out there that have killed Augers? You know, I, I just... The game is getting so inflated. Well, so what about a fresh start in a Delta Quadrant? I don't know. Voyager in I, don't know how I, I hate to, I, I, I hate uh, to correct you, DJ, but I think Trader will back me up on this. The G five rares actually do kill the G five epics far more often than they should because the G five epics are garbage. Other than having uh, massive stats. Well, hang on a second, hang on a second. Do you say that they're garbage? Or do you say that they're actually balanced in such a way that they can compete because that's the big problem is that g5 can't compete with g4 and and there's nothing even close and then we take a look at bracketing as we transition to the cross-service solo leaderboard this weekend i mean that's what we say bubba you've even said like anything within a generation you should be able to go plus or minus two tiers of ship Mm -hmm. and and be able to at least compete no 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 that's your stance that's not mine. So you, so you are fine with the absolute out of this world uh, inflation of power. Like you want to be untouchable because you happen to have a tier of ship that is one tier beyond mine. That deserves God mode. I want. It does not deserve God mode, but it deserves to be challengeable by ships within that tier. That is God mode. Yes, that's God mode. So. 
only I in comparing been... me to you, not in comparing me to other people with the tiers of my ship. Well, well that, I would imagine, be, Bubba, well, that that somebody like your your ship, Sanctus. What what are you flying? What's your best ship? My best ship is a Sanctus. All right. So yes, I would imagine that you can be competitive with other Sancti out there. All right. <laughs> I'm using the right word. But if a Corvus comes at you, you're gonna blow it out of the water at tier two, tier three, right? Yes. Okay. I disagree with that model. You're right, Bubba Joe. I disagree with that. I do not believe that only other Sanctuses or other G5 rares should have an opportunity at you. That's not how it worked in G3. It unfortunately started to become that way in G4, and now it's it's so gapped, like, it's not even funny. Like, And that is the fundamental problem with the state of the game right now, is it is incredibly unbalanced. It's incredibly unbalanced, and there's just no way for anybody in the any player to fix it that doesn't involve leveling up and getting bigger ships. There's no way that someone can challenge my Dideridix unless they also have, frankly, because I'll disagree with Bubba Joe, no one that doesn't have a G5 Epic can take out my Dideridix if it's full health and just rocking its thing. If it's got to be you know, a Rataran or another Dideridix to take it out. And at the end of the day, that destabilizes the entire game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a bad thing. Yeah, so it is. So players that aren't engaged and won't play. Well, in my opinion. Go ahead. Tons. Tons. Sorry, Trader. I've seen tons of screenshots of your Sanctus taking out the Deridexes. Well, not, not, not not that they're tiered up now. I mean, so that's the thing. It's like if it's a baby, so if it's a baby to Deridex, yes, my my tier six Sanctus can take out a tier two or tier three uh, to Deridex. But once it gets past that point, once you start, once you get to the three below deck spots, it's not, it, it can't be taken out by, at least in one but, shot, by a, a, a rare. I completely agree. But if you look at that tier two or tier three to Deridex's power versus your Sanctus's power, it's beaten you by a factor of two, just in quote unquote power. It's doubling up your power at least. Yeah, but we've, listen, this is not new. Like for four years, we've said ship power matters not. Like the number should not be there. Like take the number completely out of the game. It serves no purpose. I agree. Take it out. Get rid of this fake concept of ship power because just because you have a bigger number should not make you impervious to somebody underneath you. It's how you swing that stick. Well, Which means it comes down to the abilities you put on the ship in terms of your crew and the ship's own ability. Now, what what you can put on a Sanctus versus what you can put on a Deridex, if you're talking about Tribune and Pylum, if you're talking about... Uh, if you're talking about uh, Gladius and Augur, right? You're t- talking about that level of ship. You're talking about the abilities on those ships, right? No one's going to argue that the Augur ability is better than the Gladius ability. It's obviously better. No one's going to argue that in terms of combat, the Tribune's ability is significantly better than the Pylum's ability. 
there is not a case to be made that says that Daredex's shipability is even in the same weight class as the Sanctus's shipability or any of the G5 rare ship abilities. Maybe this is the problem. The epic, ships, the epic ship ship abilities are terrible. Well, and so here's... all you have left, left is crew. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and even that's been taken away. Maybe that's what's so frustrating. Because look here, medic writes this in the chat. Like there, there is no, there there is no strategy in PvP anymore. Scopely has effectively killed that with strike team. You know, and on top of the power creep, you know, maybe strike team was intended to be that blender that that got you crossed here, but but it doesn't because again the power creep and the power gap so now what you've done with players that you were competitive with g3 and g4 guys when you were competitive with each other now strike team does give you god mode and still doesn't allow you to punch up to to a, a higher class of ship with g4 or g5 because the power creep which is this, this goes back to not that i want to bring this back up Bubba, but this comes back to to my argument about this thirty-five thousand power research all right, because when you're amplifying something at base, the end result is a much larger delta. Maybe I wasn't explaining this so, right. You're right. It's still a multiple of 10, but now the difference is 350 million, whereas before it was only 35,000. Does that make sense? I do, not, I, I do not want to open this can of worms again. You and I are going to sit down and do some math, and I'm going to show you <laughs> I'm going to explain it to you in a way that is not very compatible with the podcast. Well, I the only so, the only thing that does that but, but what I want, is make certain things irrelevant, but it doesn't right. actually change what I wanna, anything. What I want to say is, if you remember when Strike Team Battleship Strike Team came out, and you were all look at this, you've got augers defeating pylums, and you've got all this, and you've got this, and it's going to balance, and it's going to allow you to shoot up. 14 tiers. The thing that Ripper and I both said was when all three come out, we're right back to where we started. And where are we? We are right back where we started. Except it's even more amplified because of the strength of those abilities that now nobody can cross boundaries, which was my argument from the start. I digress. It It is mindless. And, and a big part of this is research and power creep. All right? I I don't know. It wasn't a show topic for today, but it, it's it's getting annoyingly bad. And I, knew, I know you guys have been there much longer than I have. I know you guys have been there much longer than I have. And, and to be perfectly frank with you, I don't think I am there as far as my gameplay experience, but I hear you guys, and I'm talking to you guys all the time. And, and the problems that you guys are having are completely repetitive. So I get your frustration. I, I, I'm going to wrap with this. I know this is what you guys have been saying for a year, right? It's yeah, the yeah. same problem month after month after month. Yes. And, I, and I'm tired of talking about it, Scopely. Like, just freaking fix it already. I'm seriously sick and tired of hearing Bubba Joe poop on everything. Make him not poop on something for a freaking change. I don't like pooping on things. I, I, that came out so wrong. I want to be excited and engaged with the mechanic in this game. I want it, to like things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm just sick of having this, this conversation 
come into the podcast every single week. Like, like I, I, you know, and it's not your fault. Just make something that they can do. Make something that they can like. For God's sakes, fix it. Anyway. How about uh, in, for like a huge project, they go with a pick your arc where they have a concept and they work with the community over a series of months, whatever extended amount in dev cycles takes to make it. And there's active player feedback as it's actively developed. So they have an, a little peek inside the development cycle, a little more empathy for Scopely. And, you know, it's a little back, like, you know, some things that could be caught are caught, perhaps. Now, you know, that's what Echo says that they were doing with assaults. <laughs> how did that turn that out? Yeah, Sorry. How, how did that go? Like, <laughs> that was like an active development feed. Not, I'm not talking about, like, we invited some players in. I'm talking about the news post and like vid docs about it. Yeah. Where the people are active and like, here's your submit the votes of how you feel about this or base them off of that, including content creators making videos about it. But it's kind of, it's just, it feels like the disconnect can be solved with this a little bit just because it makes a connection. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Now I do want to transition and, and I'll be honest with you folks. I'll be super honest with you. As much as I love you guys, I'm not going to spend hardly any time on the G5 version of the cross-server solo leaderboard. Can I just say it was bad? All right? Like, but... You can say it was bad. But it is as bad as it has always been with the one exception that last month they actually teased you with the thought that they might have made it better. Now, don't misunderstand it, Oblivious. This is the same as you've had for a year. Don't say it's the worst ever because it's not. Okay? It's the same thing you've had for an entire year, except the difference is last month they teased you into thinking that they might have actually decided to change it for you. Okay? Because last month they added G5 brackets, didn't they? Yes, they did. This month they're right back to the same old garbage. All right, so yes, it's bad. I get it, it's bad, it's always been bad, and until they get their act together, it's going to be bad. Now, let's talk about why it's bad for another reason. Not that you've got 10 ops levels in a bracket, but let's talk about the rewards. We can talk about the bracket, okay? Let's talk about that, because the brackets are very typical. Blue, 46 to 50. All right. I'm sure compared to last month, I bet some of the 50s are actually feeling better about that because remember last month, 50 had to go up to 54. Remember? Right, Captain Bull? But now the 50s are back on top. See, this this is the same example, Bubba Joe, where they they didn't copy last month, but they copied the month before. They did the same thing with Wayun. Remember when they copied the SMS, but it didn't have all the extra shards in it and it still had the same, like, gargantuan level milestones this is a problem with copy paste check the math anyway Mm -hmm, 46 to 50 43 to 45 40 to 42 all fine very standard normal old garbage i bet the 34s are thrilled this month the 39s are thrilled this month the 29s are thrilled this month because last month they went to the bottom of their pile This month, they went back to being king of the playground. So don't get this twisted. There are players out there who say, 
I'm good with this, but they don't know why they're good with it, except that they're on top of the pile. Of course, if if one of those uh, if one of those players, you know, said, "Okay, well, if this is the way it's going to be, I might as well go up an ops and then went up an ops level and then end up to the bottom of the bracket again." You, yep. I, I couldn't think... understand that would be a little annoying. Yeah, Captain Bull did that. I'm pretty sure he posted a fifty or uh, fifty one. He or see, he said he was going to try, and now. Now 51's also at the bottom of the pile, and 50 is now the top of the pile. You know, consistency, please. How about a little consistency? All right. Blaze says, you know what? True story. I'm happy. Blue Mandalorian says the 44s are happy. True story. All right. But Swagger. They, uh, they did change it in a different way as well. Oh, uh, they did, didn't they? That's all I've seen. Okay. Explain. Uh, they dropped off about 200 of the slots. Uh, no, not that many. They did drop off 50. They have had cross-server solo leaderboards that have gone to 250, but those are actually very, very rare. Most of them go to 100th place. Okay? Most of them go to 100th. So only have. <laughs> well, it's probably maybe even a little bit more than that because at the top end, you've got the, the shards fall off faster so that you can get down to, to five shards faster. Does that make sense? Like, like top 25 this month gives 11. I, I haven't looked at what last month's would be. Here, let me just go look at stfc.space real quick. Could have been more, could have been less. I don't know. Let's go back to uh, December, and let's look at December 10th, for example. December 10th had a solo leaderboard, I think. Where is it? Where is it? Did it? Maybe it didn't. Recruitment season. That's not it. There it is. Recruit Jed Zia Dax. Um... Well, crazy. That one went to 50th place. Oh, but that was a solo leaderboard. That was a solo leaderboard. So, yeah, the cross servers have gone more. Somebody give me a date of a cross server. That's not an incursion one. When was the last time we had a non-incursion cross server solo leaderboard? Somebody tell me. Mm. A non-incursion cross server solo leaderboard. Ducat. Ducat. Thank you. Ducat was October, right? Uh, December. No, Jed Zia was, was December. Was, wasn't there a strike team oh, then, in the last few months? Wayun was it November, was, so it was October. It was during the Wayun. It was no, it was. They had a crossover leaderboard for Ducat in the Wayun arc. It was at the end of the. Okay. Arc yep. You're right. You're right. All right. So let's take a look at November. So I guess November. Yeah. Let's November. look at November. Let's look at a. Here we go. Crossover solo leaderboard. It's called a true victory. All right. It was for Ducat, and it was did the last go. Time I got to upgrade, so did go to a hundred slots. But look at this, uh, Blue. In twenty fifth place, you got eighteen. Today, in twenty fifth place, you get eleven. Fiftieth place got nine. Fiftieth place today gets five. So not only did they hack off fifty spots, but they also reduced the payout for the for these spots. Pretty much from second place down. Only first place got the same number of shards. Everything else was scaled down. Do you think it's because of the free-to-place, because it has sourcing? Hmm. You're getting ahead of me, but that's, see, that's the thing. Well, no, that's fair. Some people in the chat have said it. They're doing it because we have opportunities at free shards. And indeed, that is exactly the communication from Scopely Live Ops. There has to be, in, in their mind, there has to be um, 
an, a consideration for the fact that this has open, transparent, day one sourcing. Now, I will admit that when they were having this conversation with me, it made mathematical sense. I, I explained the point that it doesn't feel good, right? We all looked at it. We're very fussy about it. The paired SMS, gone. Shard count, down. Depth of leaderboard, halved. Doesn't feel good, does it? And see, they, they did say that there is transparent, day one, permanent, free-to-play sourcing. Those things are true. But you know what? This is one thing that I failed to bring up in that meeting, and I wish I did, and I'm going to tell you now, you got it, Medic. It is transparent. It is free-to-play. It is permanent for 40-plus. So you know what should have happened? Now, I know why they didn't trade her, because who in this community would have tolerated that? But they should have had existing solo leaderboard for 39 and down. 40-plus could have gotten a reduced payouts because they're right. We've got a path at that officer. The 39 down don't. Now, Scopely's not going to do that for multiple reasons. One, that is going to give the impression that, that you know, they're pooping on their more advanced players. I mean, we've been talking about it. How could we not feel that way if this were to happen? Moreover, it's probably reasonable to assume that the 39 and down uh, don't have as much need in their mind. Like, these are officers for an advanced chapter in the game, right? We, we've talked about that. Like, somebody said, man, it's going to take me forever to get the directives to do an uncommon. I'm like, wait a second. Why? Because he's drawing six. Stop that. Stop that. Don't. If you have the six chest, please do me this one favor. And don't ever think about it ever again. If you've got the six directive chest for Borg Armadas, don't pull it. I echo explained why it's there. I even think I understand his rationale. And it does provide you a choice to do it. But as far as intelligent expenditure of your resources, don't. Do it. You got it, fam. Scopely put it there so that players could feel like they had they they were preparing for participation in this trader. They put it there so that you could start to accumulate your bank of directives, even though you weren't ready yet. Why did they think you weren't ready? Why did they think you weren't ready? Because you don't have a ship maxed out that has nothing to do with this content. (laughs) Okay? Now, I I do understand, again, the logic behind it, but it has no practical reality. They want you to have a Tier 9 Vidar before you begin engaging with the Borg. Now, from a narrative, uh, not narrative, from a mechanical progression point of view, I get it. Finish chapter one before you go to chapter two. Complete this arc or complete this content feature before you go to the next. They've done it with Franklin, except they required it, Trader. They've done it with, um, what else? Uh, uh, Well, I said Franklin. Is there anything else? They've made you finish 
Maybe not. Okay, but Frank, uh, Fisha, thank you, Fisha. The, the, yeah. the difference with the Franklin, though, is they went from saying you need to spend, get all those frequency, uncommon frequency modulators, spend them all, get that tier nine, and then scrap it, and then do these rare tactical cores that you get from your dailies. Ah, ah blue. But there's, yeah. Nobody blue. wanted a Vidar A. Well, yeah, but what I'm getting at is that you get to the tier nine of the Vidar, having spent all the charged nanoprobes to upgrade said Vidar, and then you hit that first, oh, I finally did it, hit tier nine. And then all of a sudden, it's, you know, you have the Armada asking for a huge amount of charged nanoprobes out of nowhere. You, you, you're just at a zero, you're at some zero at that point. Well, here's, nah, here, I don't know that that's actually true. Here's the bottom line. Don't. You don't. Don't start, don't buy six directives at a time. Take those charged nanoprobes and finish your Vidar because guess what? It'll be done in a few weeks. Maybe a month, right? Like if you're doing the full pulse, you're doing double pulse. How long? And now let's not pretend you got the option at a triple if you really wanted to grind your tail off. But how long would it take? How long would it take to go from tier eight to tier nine of a Vidar? Month and a half, two mo- at most? If you're grinding? Give me a little grindy. It's that like would the- be very grindy. Well, do they get the three tiers now, or does that stop when you have a max for that? Uh, no idea. No idea. If you it, listen, somebody who's got the six directive, do, do you have triple option? Because if, if it has that triple test, it'll be even faster than it was before. Basically, they might have only edited. Thank the, you, loser. That, that's perfect. That's perfect. Six hundred and sixty-three thousand charge nanoprobes to go from tier eight to tier nine. Well, let's do the math. Based on 30,000 nanoprobes a day, it's 22 days. And that's only a double pull. 22 days. With double pulls, that is. Okay? And if you're doing a triple now that you've got it, it's even faster. All right? So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Tila says, 130. 30, wait, 130,000 what? A three times pull is 130,000 what? I'm not sure what you're saying. Because, How because many the nanoprobes do you get? we're talking about is 45K out of tier 9, but it's less at tier 8 or tier 8. Right, it's not 30,000, right? What's the single chest payout of yeah. charged at tier 8? I don't know what it is. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time since I was a is tier 8. eight but that's the point. Just take it to tier 9. Get it to tier nine. Then you graduate. Then you move on. Okay? Now, Tabby Moe's a good question. Why am I forced to finish? I'm a 42, abandoned working on my Vidar because I hated it. So now I can't play the new Reindeer games for these two months. Tabby Moe's with respect, I understand your sentiment, but that would be like reading a book ignoring the last three chapters and then getting upset that you don't understand the beginning of the sequel. Like you just quit the Red Wedding. Yeah. Like that would be, that. that is a logical thing. Like, I mean, th- that is a logical thing. Finish one before you go to number two. And I do share your pain, which is why I know what you're saying. Do you guys remember? <laughs> do you guys remember when Fisha came out? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm boned. Ripper, do you remember? You were double boned. 
You had a tier five Devor because you don't mind. Uh, what, or tier what you, four, whatever it was, when the Fisha came wait, out. I, oh yeah, I was for the Devor. I remember well, yeah, that conversation. No, look, here's the thing. I mine is tier seven now. Oh, good for you. <laughs> He's getting there. All right. No, I'm. I no, I don't. I don't even know why that happened. How did that happen? Mm, you hit a button somewhere. Bottom line is I this: I was feeling the same way. I never my finished my divorce. Three, by the way. I moved beyond my dear my my divorce. I, I wasn't interested in it, so I I gave it up. Then the the fecha came out, the divorce A, if you will, and we had to I had to go back. Either that or spend money. I had to finish the grind, or I had to spend money. Which is why I've I, I, and again I'm fine with that model. Pay to skip the grind, otherwise grind it out. It was available for free. I just quit it. I gave it up. Now, Faison, this is I, I actually agree with you. Okay, in their mind, this is a successive product. Okay, and I agree with them. It is a successive product. The irony here, trader is that you don't use a Vidar against these spheres. If they had applied that 35,000% research to the Vidar, then it makes more sense. But you don't even use the Vidar. So why lock it behind the Vidar? So because the there- Vidar is the, is the odometer. The, the Vidar is uh, the barometer, is what I was trying to say. The Vidar is the measurement of your completion with the previous chapter go ahead Bubba. so dj is is there not a level of player that would use the vidar against these armadas <sighs> like I, i'm thinking an ops i'm thinking an ops 32 Possible. what ships is an ops 32 bringing to that armada <clears throat> assuming they had the directives which again there's the sourcing thing and we that's an entirely different well of works. I mean, but if they had the directives ooh. That's a thing. If they had the directives, what would they bring to that armada? Well, but not a Well, it doesn't matter because the content is literally built for thirty-five plus, so they're not thinking about a thirty-two when writing it. All right, and and okay, a Echo, brand new thirty-five that doesn't have an epic ship. What are they bringing? To well, it? then you could, you but, uh, could, and Echo even said on stage, Sally. that you <laughs> might bring a Vidar, but it it certainly wasn't like the end-all be-all and probably not even recommended okay i mean they, they he said that he well, did no, say I, I agree i agree with what, what, what bubba is saying when you're at that level that that's the reason why they gave the other faction ships that thirty-five thousand. was that's the bonus that the vidar ship has at that level same as a swarm as well well okay fine I, I, but but again if it's not maxed then you're not ready for this content. Is that the point you're making, Bubba? I, I don't know. No, I, I guess. I, so I disagree. I, I'm sorry. I agree with you. I disagree with Scopely as far as that if you are below, if you're at Ops 35, if you're Ops 34 or 33, you should be able to engage with this content with your best ships. I don't understand. Well, I do understand. I don't agree with. I understand why they're trying to push people forward and saying this content is for Ops 35 because if they can close the gap of the players, if they can close that gap, designing the game is much easier. But you're always going to have new players that are trying to engage in this content 
at a much lower ops level. And so this is a very dangerous thing. We're now in what month five where you need to be ops 35, mm -hmm. right? All yeah. of, all of DS nine, you ops 35. So, so this is a very dangerous place for Scopely to be to say, Hey, if you're not ups 35, then don't bother new players that are playing the game for a couple of months, completely free to play. They may still be looking up at ops 35 and go, well, then what's the point? Like, why am I trying to compete with these people? Well, not to put, you know, make trader feel afraid, but in the time leading up to G5, you know, there were people in the uh, 10 to 20 bracket people saying, you know, why isn't all, why is all this content 30 plus or, you know, this kind of stuff. So there's a pattern of how Scopely is scaling content. It's just, you know, sometimes, you, they, you know, this, this is just a feature not meant for that. So they're just, I think they're just throwing a bone saying, hey, I'm not expecting you to complete it, but based off of feedback, people who were too low didn't want to have a wall where they couldn't even try. So they just kind of said, here, you can always try, but, you know, good luck. Right. So, so if you had a tier six or seven Vidar and you're an op, say, 32 or something, do we think it is reasonable to say that an Ops 32 player with a couple of uncommon ships and a Vidar is going to be able to beat these ships? And I don't know what the answer to that question is. And so, but I do think it is unfair to limit those players the acquisition. Should they be spending their charged nanoprobes on getting Arbata directives, even if they were getting 100 at a time like everyone else? No, they should be upgrading their Vidar. Yes. But it gives them the option to, okay, well, like we, you were talking about on the very first podcast after the arc, where you're talking about how do you organize your charged nanoprobe spend? And so, okay, I spend uh, seven days in a row, I get the double chest, and on the eighth day, I can afford to get the double chest and a, and a, a directive pull, right? So it's not like they're stockpiling directives every single day, but they should be able to gradually start growing that so that as they grow their Vidar, they're able to engage in the content once they get there. You know what? So we agree fundamentally that this is the way it should work. I, I would say the true, to my opinion, the true unfair thing about the sub tier nine players for this arc's content is merely the fact that I do not think they have access to the loot boost XL. And I think that should be involved, maybe throw in the antique chest or something, but it should be accessible. If they're not a tier nine, like, is that what you're saying? You just you just being you're saying, hey, this whole thing begins at tier nine. So naturally you should always start accelerating the sub tier nine pace pace of acceleration. And what one way to do that is get let them use the exos to uh boost their loot well you know what and i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw two suggestions out i don't want to come back to this xslb because we're running out of time but you know what you're actually onto something there blue you and bubba both uh and i think cruzito uh has a really good idea of how to incorporate your idea fine if you want to bubba and i think i think you're saying the same thing if you want to make this like you know a content step off if you want to make it tier nine which is completion but you still want to give players the opportunity i do to, you know, agree with you. I do not think that they should be getting 100 a day. All right, because then, then when they are ready to engage, they're going to have thousands and can go and dominate anything because they're earning before they can spend it. Um, but you know what? Cruzito's got a really, really simple idea. Give those six for free each day. It still gives them a feel-good feeling about starting to be a part of that journey, allows them to spend the charge nanoprobes to push towards the finale of their Vidar, and then they're into the loop faster. I actually like that idea. And what 
six directives. Like, what's it, what's it actually going to hurt? Just give it to them. Like, what, what is the cost for that chest? Something like 8,000 charged nanoprobes. Get out of here. Get the... Get out of here. All right? Give them, give them six directives. I understand your process, your thought process about teasing them with the content and starting to let them see that currency and get them motivated to finish the Vidar so that they can start. But come on, six. And you're going to charge, and you're, you're charging the currency that is actually needed for them to tear up the ship to get into the loop. Come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give them the six. What, what, what's it matter? 10k <laughs> it's 10,000 charged nanoprobes for six directives that's why I started with Tumek that's why I started with if you have the six tra- directive chest veto power quit it don't do it it's a trap it's a trap mm-hmm. they're not motivating you to, to advance in the content they're trapping you it's a booby trap don't do it all right. Do it. Don't. Don't do it. Do now, it. back to this solo leaderboard. Talking about logic, Bubba. You're right, Blue. The transparent free-to-play sourcing path, a.k.a. for 40-plus, is the reason. Now, mathematically, Bubba Joe, like I said, feels like crap. I get it. But mathematically, we've said this before. You guys remembering? When I say you've got a monthly budget, you can only give so much stuff out. All right, well, I mean, this is part of it. They give something in some area. And if you're going to diversify how you're giving it, then certain areas are going to have to be less. I don't like it any more than you do. I am not engaging with this auction. There's no paired SMS. There's no opportunity for me to get shards. My current solo leaderboard is out of control. I mean, don't get me wrong, Bubba. The officers are great. I would love to have them both. I really would. Below deck abilities, you know how I feel about below deck abilities. I love below deck abilities. I think they're fantastic. But this cross-server solo leaderboard, there are some people on my server that are going kind of ham, Bubba Joe. I am in the 46 through 50 bracket. <sighs> First place in my bracket is 58 million points. Ooh, doggy. Woo! They're not even G5 players. Hot dang. 58 million points. You know what? They've now, been waiting for something. Yeah, he has been. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. Good for him. He's going to have both... Of the highly coveted, very effective, below deck, a.k.a. additional ability officers this month. Okay? I I get it. DJ? Yeah? Would you say Scopely wants us to spend our materials? Of course they do. Well, next time, tell them to have an SMS. So people aren't getting a, like, oh, this looks ridiculous. I'll spend nothing and just hoard more. Because they're trying to get people to hoard less. So that's they're hurting themselves. Well, there's two schools of thought on this, Blue. I believe because these officers are strong, 
I believe that they may have felt that people would spend up for them. I think the other school of thought is what you just said and also what I'm doing, which is totally disengaging. I currently have 500,000 points, which was probably an accident or probably a result of the power ticket event or whatever. I don't know. I'm in 173rd uh, place. I'm not playing. To get into 50th place would require a score of six and a half million. And that's as of right now. We still have hours to go. It's not something that that I'm going to do. So and, and, and that st- score would still be more than what your SMS would have been. So an SMS wouldn't have increased more people in the, in the leaderboard getting more rewards. Well, maybe. Because so now... SMS is not, is not saving anything, really. And, well, it does, though. It motivates people to... Yeah, no, absolutely it does. For Scopely. The whole reason that they introduced the paired SMS was to give players a little something for spending, but... You've noticed what have happened over the last year of the paired SMS is that the milestones have gradually increased, which is fine. Inflation's a thing. We're getting more, so things should cost more, too, and that's fine. I get that piece of it, all right? But with an SMS, you've got everybody spending 2 million points instead of 50 people spending 5 million points. It it just comes down. It's the same argument that we have about packs, right? How many more packs would they sell if they sold $20 packs versus selling less but only $100 packs? It's the same kind and, of logic here. Go ahead, Bubba. And the and the argument that was made just before was, you know, hey, we have this problem of people having 200,000 ultra recruit draws or, you know, 7 million uh, transporter patterns, so we can't run an event for them. It's like... Well, if you ran events regularly for them, people would not have these banks if they offered an event that had value. And that's the problem. By not having the SMS, they are making their problem worse and worse. Well, because people aren't going to engage, except for some people. Right. A few people. Yes. I have to wonder, after this weekend, because they haven't done this in a while, I would really like to go back to them and say, hey, exactly how many materials did you recover this weekend? Because I'm going to bet it's lower. Probably. You know what I'm saying? On the I other hand... I think the XSLB trap is going to get a lot of people. I don't know, is it? Because, because those, those people scoring those points on the, on the leaderboard would have scored those points anyway, even though we would be scoring on the SMS though. They were going to put up nine figures? Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. They would have. But on yeah, a so, on so, a solo leaderboard, uh, I still think if if somebody wanted to do that blue, they would have they would have done it on a solo leaderboard also. Well, so I don't. I suspect, and I'm sure Scopely has these numbers, and they look at it that you get more material spend from a cross server leaderboard than you do with just a single server leaderboard. And while I am fundamentally opposed to it, and I think I saw Stevens there in the chat say he was as well. Two cross server leaderboards and the way that they do them. I think this is more a referendum on why is there not an SMS paired with it? Because if you just make it, if you keep it as a cross-server leaderboard and you pair it with an SMS, I'm betting that is significantly more material spend than not having the SMS. But if you do a single-server leaderboard with an SMS, 
versus the crossover leaderboard without an SMS, I would venture a guess that there might be that might be close to the material spent because you won't have players from the other server pushing that leaderboard higher and higher. Right. Well, not so only that, it, not only that, but they did want to control the number of shards because of the sourcing that already exists. And even that, I can agree with, yeah. Bubba. But but here's the thing. What they've actually done to this leaderboard is not even cut it in half. They've cut it by 75%. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Is like, I don't, they can keep the cross-server leaderboard. I'm fine with that. But give us the whole reason for the SMS. Give us something that we can spend a little bit of materials on. Because otherwise, as we said before, I'm going to bank up these materials and still not going to spend any more money because I'm going to have materials anyway I can spend on another leaderboard further down the track. Now, oh. Sanzo, in, in so fairness... DJ, hang on, Bubba. In go fairness, ahead, Sanzo, you, you're claiming that sourcing is not sourcing. And if you're 39 and down, I will agree with you. But 40-plus do have very real sourcing on these officers. Like, you're not going to change my mind on that. I love the, the day one availability of these two new officers that is sourcing okay it is but again it's level locked so it's only 40 plus if they had even Bubba, let me ask you this even if they had kept the cross server solo leaderboard at 50 if they did effectively cut it in half but did do uh and and it was cross server so you got to think there's even less shards being paid not only from a from a normal solo leaderboard to a cross server solo leaderboard you're already cutting the payout by half, roughly. Mm-hmm. And then from the cross server, you've cut out like that bottom 20%. It's not exactly 75%. I was being exaggerative. Uh, it's probably closer to like 60% they've cut out. Because in a normal solo leaderboard, it also only goes 50. Okay? It also yeah, only so- goes 50. So if you, if you stop the cross server at 50, then you're cutting out half. Removing the solo milestone probably cuts out another 20%. Let me ask you, community, just real quick, because we do have to move on. We've been very conversationalist tonight, and, and we're running out of time. If they left the cross-server at 50 spots, and it was a cross-server, because they do want to, quote-unquote, pay less, that is the price we're paying for the Armada chest. And, and just FYI, me personally, I will cast a vote for those Armada chests over a 100-person solo leaderboard with an SMS any day of the week. I, I don't. I hope that you guys understand my point on that. Agreed. The, the yeah, transparency yeah. sourcing. I feel like like that's that's. I feel like thing. we're being penalized. I feel like we're being penalized for having day one visibility on that sourcing. I see. They would have still. Bought, I think they still would have bought that sourcing out later on in a month, two, or something like that. But because we've got it on day no, one, we're being penalized because. No, they wouldn't have. What if they? Where's Jadzia? Where's Bashir? Later this month. Well, I'm talking about like, like that was That's hypothetical. Right. Like in another month, next month, or whatever, two months later, they bought off promises and Well, that's fine, but it's still the budget for this month, Aaron. It doesn't matter if it's two months from now when it gets sourced. Bashir and Jadzia should be sourced this month or next month. It doesn't affect the payout oh, for this month. Now, I do I do understand why everybody feels like it's a punishment. Shards were literally taken away in your mind. And in fact, they were diverted to another sourcing path. Now, personally, I do like that sourcing path. If it means that we get cross-service solo leaderboards, so be it. I 
think, though, that the lack of the solo milestone is actually costing them. I think it's costing them because there's no motivation. There's no motivation for people to engage. None. In in this level of cross sort of solo leaderboard with no SMS. Well, yeah, this is what we've been saying. Yeah. All right. I think it's costing them. If they put the SMS back, they will actually gain more materials. I'm fine with the cross-server solo leaderboard if it means we get officer sourcing in the Borg chest. All right, Bubba, is, is that is that way off the mark? Because me personally, I'm fine with that mathematical equation. If a cross-server solo leaderboard equals I get sourcing in the Borg chest when I want it based on my engagement because I can do a double or I can do a triple, all right, I want that. Do you guys want the Armada chest or do you want auctions? So, okay, I'll answer your question, but there's there's a point I'd like to to make. You so, don't get both, Berlin, uh, A or B. <laughs> I choose one. I would rather I would rather have sourcing, obviously. I agree. Um, but if they are really concerned about the number of shards that can be available to a server, you can't run it as a cross-server leaderboard. That doesn't make sense. I agree. If that was their excuse, if that was their reason for not running an SMS and running as a cross-server leaderboard, then what you have to do is, again, nobody wants this either, okay? This is going to go over, like, a ton of a ton of crap, just like this whole conversation is because people are like, oh, this is not good, this is not good. But if that's their actual concern as opposed to some other concern that they're not telling you, then what they do is they run a single server leaderboard that has fewer shards given out. I not agree. Less than full. That's the only way you fix this. And the reason that you have to do it that way is then you are controlling exactly how many shards are put into mm-hmm. each server, as opposed to what can happen here is that a server could win all of the shards in the cross-server leaderboard, and then you have one server that has too many and one server that doesn't have any. And so if that's if that was their actual concern, then they're still doing it wrong. I agree. That was actually part of my feedback. Take the solo leaderboard... And instead of running 50, run it to 25, keep the SMS, and give the, the Borg chest. I can only assume that that was still too many shards and they didn't want to go that much. That's the only assumption that I can make. But that, a, that is, that's why. That was their logic behind it. I disagree with that logic. I do understand what they're saying about paying less. I mean, I get that, but I just think they chose the wrong method. Uh, Bubba. Go ahead, Blue. Or have a Matt spend SMS, but for those lucky tokens. Sure. Yeah, they could have done the Wayun style for the for the luck tokens. I I think that would have worked as well. Yeah, that could have worked. By the way, somebody in the chest uh, or in the chat asked about the cyber luck or the super luck or whatever they're called. Uh, yeah, they're pay only. Go buy a pack. There will not be any opportunity to earn those, at least not planned at this time. Yeah. Um, there was this question. Let me answer this. And I did put this in the, uh, FAQ room earlier. Ooh, I forgot battleship. Didn't I? Sorry. We'll do, we'll do two immediately back to back like next, uh, very quickly. I did put this in the FAQ answer room earlier today, Bubba, but just in case you missed it, or if you're looking for that officer sourcing within the Borg chest is a little bit confusing. The uncommon chest and see again, I just, I feel like this is such a small thing. Trader. I feel like this is just a bone that they could have thrown. You know, I, I don't know why 
they they have to be so stingy on things. Um, but the the uncommon chest, Bubba Joe, has a chance at officer shards. And I know that breaks your heart because eight and nine of eleven are just so vital to your progression in this game. Um, are, mine are already max, so you know. <laughs> well, and they're such valuable valuable officers. They are um, incredibly but, valuable. Uh, but yeah, the uncommon chest has a chance at officer shards only a chance i asked that when someone sent me a chest and they were like i thought there were officer shards in here and it came back to me that there was a chance okay they are available in the uncommon chest belly benny hill but it's not a guaranteed role like the other stuff is it's a chance now the good news if you want to call it they did not do the same thing with the rare and the epic the rare and the epic chest both guarantee officer roles and and i'm not gonna fuss about this for any much longer because we're out of time but trader that that is the kind of silly stingy little thing that makes absolutely no difference in this game so why make it look bad like that that is only an optics thing it does not matter to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. Who gives a crap? The only people who need those officers are brand new to the game, and why not throw them a bone? That's brand just, new to the game around that loop. It's just bad optics. It's such bad optics. You know? Why would the uncommon chest not... They didn't even put good officers in it. Go back and look at the officers that are in it. I think that it was eight and nine and one. And who else? Who else is in it? One of 11, two of 11, and then eight and nine of 11. Now, one of 11, protected cargo. That's it. I mean, some people use it for shield mitigation, but not many. Protected cargo. Two is a mining officer. Does that break this game? Like, come on. Why you got to be stingy on on those officers to newer players? Come on, give me a break. Why is seven left out of it? <laughs> because he's valuable, obviously. I so, I hate the optics on that. Take the uncommon chest and seven, make it a guarantee. Eight, make it a guarantee. And what, what do you got to lose? The optics are terrible with what you just did here. I don't know. All right. Unfortunately, I would say the Hughes sourcing is somewhere between Honor Guard War I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Somebody interrupted. Go ahead. Between what? Just because the the pace that you get the epic directives and the epic and the epic test and the chance to pull them, uh, I would like, and it's just one to five shards for Q. Then that's about somewhere between Honor Guard Wharf and Lower Decks for the rate of sourcing. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I uh, look at your Bajoran loop right now. I do, and I know that you guys don't believe me, but I've seen a few things that, that I probably shouldn't have seen and can't talk about. I, I really do think the frequency with which you'll be running these armadas, by the way, for 40-plus, is going to be what you're doing with Bajoran. All right, the loot, the doubles, the triples, or whatever you're doing, like you're going to be pulling those chests with, with a relative degree of similarity to Gem and R here within about eight weeks. 
So like today I did uh I did a triple uncommon and a triple rare. And and I've got many directives. I could go out and run many of those things right now. Just that stuff adds up. Now it won't for Bubba. It doesn't for Trader, but because we're in the in the content sweet spot with the ability to punch up, um, you know, I think anybody in the forties is gonna be in that boat. Well, I've done the uh, the epic pulls. I've gotten a lucky pull of Cisco. And, yeah, that chest is amazing, but there's no lucky pulls for the board. There's just one to five shards or a chance. See, most of what I've been pulling are the lower ends. I haven't gotten a lucky pull out of that. I guess there is the lottery chance for a lucky pull, and I get that. Um, but most but of what I've been drawing is... shards on average. Do what? You can get like 20. If I triple pull my epics, I get like 20 shards on average. 20? Yeah, that's pretty good. So I guess it won't be quite as good. I think we'll be pulling the chest with that same amount, but obviously the sourcing will be a little bit slower. It's still it's still solid sourcing. Like you control it. Like it's still there. It's definitely going to be better than Honor Guard Wharf. What do you get? One shard every three days of Honor Guard Wharf? Oh, yeah. it, it can only be better than Honor Guard Wharf. I do not know. Like the only thing that's lower than Wharf is is tall. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say uh, maybe Harrison throw him in there, but but yeah. All right, uh, guys. <sighs> Bubba, I hate to bump Fantasy Fleet Command again, but I think we're going to have to. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, look at the time. Look at the time. We have done now. Oh, my God. Have we really? We've done four hours and 20 minutes. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. And we still have to do Battleship twice, and I was going to do a little bit on Fleet Command. Or Fleet Commander. <sighs> I Record five oh, back, hours. Let's back. do it. Beck did 12 yesterday. Why can't we go five? First of all, it's 9 o'clock at night, and and we're kidless tonight. I'm, I'm, I'd like to go spend no, no. some time with my wife. He's spending the night at a friend's house. I mean, I, you know. I am messing with you. I'd like to go inside That's and fine. spend some time rubbing her feet and eating pizza or something bad and watching yeah, stupid movies. Do whatever you feel like doing. Watch That's right. Eat this is your, this you is your stage. Do what you want. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, Let's take a break. When we come back. We will do two rounds of Battleship very quickly. I'll give you five minutes community Q&A on Fleet Commander. Yes, Beck did 12 hours. It was her two-year twitch anniversary, So she did a 12-hour commemorative stream. Uh, my birthday is on Tuesday. Trader, I was going to ask you. Like, my actual legitimate calendar birthday is on Tuesday. Now, normally we twitch on Mondays, but I was thinking, should we push it to Tuesday? Just to make it like a cool let's birthday stream, or or should we yeah, stick to the schedule and do it Monday and just like pretend it's my birthday? Because by the time Tuesday, we get Tuesday, off the Tuesday. air, it will be Tuesday. <laughs> That's true too. And it's true. Let's do it Tuesday. You want to do it Tuesday? You want to do a birthday stream on Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. That means it's going to start later because I got to work. Unless I can try to convince my partner to switch me or something. I'll text Wait. him after the show. You never start Twitch early anyway. On Mondays, I do. Early, no. earlier, early. <laughs> earlier than you Thursday. Start, you, you usually start Twitch between 8.30 and 9 o'clock my time. On Thursdays. On any day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Well. <laughs> Either way works for me. Monday or Tuesday both work for me. Let me see if I can get off early on Tuesday. And maybe we'll do a birthday stream on Tuesday. Okay. 
Who knows what my sleep schedule is going to be on that day? Maybe it'll be there, maybe it won't. I am still an old man on Monday or Tuesday. (laughs) Okay, so Bubba will be in bed for three hours before we start. Uh, (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, double battleship, your chance to win. We skipped it last show. We've got to get it in here. Uh, You guys may have seen, did you see in the battleship clue room, Trader? Big, big news last week. Faith Walker actually sunk the Enterprise-D. Not sunk, destroyed, because it's not in water. It destroyed the Enterprise-D, which means you guys are back to square one on finding a new ship on the battleship board. You'll have an opportunity coming up on the other side of the break. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. We return in a moment. Hang on. Today's show brought to you in part by Facebook.com slash Posse, your one-stop shop for all toys, whether for pleasure, professional, buying, selling, or just remembering your childhood. Visit them online at Facebook.com slash Posse for the toy collector in all of us. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Neptune, Mighty God of the Sea, now offering all-you-can-eat shrimp specials every Friday night. Ready to travel to Disney this year? Make your next extra special Disney trip extra safe with our all-new Family Fight Pack, the new bundle that will help your family deal with any confrontation. Pepper spray someone on Space Mountain. Ah! Taste that jerk on Tower of Terror. The Family Fight Pack is guaranteed to make sure no one cuts you in line. Out of my way, you little creep. My turn to see the Pirates of the Caribbean. Not today, buddy. Oh, my eyes! Don't get assaulted by unruly guests this year. Get the Disney Family Fight Pack and get back to having fun. I don't care if March is smashed. April's tanked and May is trashed June, drink your whiskey mash It's January and I'm dry July, you can hit the bar August, you can't drive a car September, you'll be seeing stars It's January and I'm dry October beers November will be saying cheers But this month don't drink with your peers Holidays past, my buzz is gone New Year's too much spiced eggnog Winter sucks and I'm in a fog Now it's January and I'm dry Welcome back, everybody. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. And yes, straight out of the commercial break, Bubba Joe, we have no time. (laughs) Straight out of the commercial break. We are bingo time. It is that time, everybody, where you have an opportunity to win some big old prizes. Big prizes here on the stage of Talking Trek. As you guys can see from the Battleship Clues Room, Faith Walker this past week did in fact destroy 
Traders brand spanking new Enterprise D. It's toast, Trader. It's toast. Faith Walker, congratulations to you who hooked up with a prize for destroying that ship. But that means, Ripper, you guys are starting from scratch. You got no idea where the other four ships may be hidden. They are hiding somewhere on the board. And right now, we're going to do not one, Trader, but two opportunities to win. Here's our first one. Congratulations to Ghost. <clears throat> it's happening again, Bubba Joe. This is what happens on a four-hour straight-up talk show. <coughs> there you go. Four, uh, four hours. There you go. Uh, Ghost, congratulations. You have been drawn as a potential potential winner, at least a contestant, where you will get a chance to come up here and guess a coordinate. Ghost, you've been invited to the stage. If indeed you need to play in text, just speak up in the chat room, and we will step into the war room and take your battleship coordinates. Uh-oh, Bubba Joe. I don't see him. Or her. Ghost has been invited to the stage and not actually speaking up in chat. It would appear that I have been ghosted, uh, which means we're going to have to draw another one. That's stinky. That's stinky. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's... Whoops. All right. There we go. Uh, here we go. Ooh, Mimi. Oh, Mimi. Oh, Mimi's here. I see Mimi in the chat. Hold the phone. Mimi, you have an opportunity to come to the stage. You can play in text if you'd rather. There's Mimi on the stage of Talking Trek. Welcome, Mimi. How are you? Uh, Mimi's on mute. You got to press the... You got to turn yourself off mute, and then I think it's still pushed to talk. I don't know. I don't remember what it's like. Uh... He says think... he has no mic. Oh, you got no mic? Okay, well that's all right. We'll play in. Uh, we'll play in text. Play in text. Play in yep. text. Mimi, you've got an opportunity. You know how the game works. There are 100 coordinates, Bubba Joe. Some have been guessed. Some have been hits. Some have been misses. The Enterprise D, which is the five-hit ship, has been destroyed off the board. Four ships remain, Bubba Joe. Four ships remain, including your Stella, your Cerritos, your Mantis, and your Amalgam. Those four are still on the board. So we're going to enter into the Battleship War Room where Mimi is going to guess a coordinate. Let's hop on in and see if we can make ourselves a winner. Let's go. All right, Mimi. You are in the Talking Trick Battleship War Room. You have an opportunity right here to win materials, win a T-shirt, no, I don't think you can win a t-shirt today. Officer badges, independent credits even, Bubba Joe. Big prize is up for grabs. Let's step into the Battleship War Room and get Mimi's coordinate. Mimi says in chat, B2, Bubba Joe. B2. That would be Bravo 2. Computer, please enter coordinates Bravo 2. Bravo 2. Target acquired. 
garbage. What is this? What? <laughs> We're gonna be done before the arc is over. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous right here. Oh, God. Well, you did say B2, right? Oh, wait, he no, did. sorry, that's a miss. Sorry, that's a miss. Uh, that's wrong. I'm kidding. Not a computer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Uh, obviously, that's uh, that's it. Congratulations to you. Mimi, you're going to hook up. Uh, no, I was obviously kidding. Now there's, no. now there's some stupid news right there. That's something to laugh about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, Mimi. I was just kidding. You're not actually a winner. All right, B2 is a hit. Obviously, I cannot tell you what ship it is, Bubba Joe, because it is still flying around. It's merely taking a little bit of damage, has not yet been destroyed, so you guys are going to have to figure it out. But, Mimi, that means that... Uh, what's your ops level, Mimi? Just remind me. What's your ops level? Ops 43. Ooh, that's a good one, Bubba Joe. That's yep. good right there, because Ops 43, Mimi, means that you could win one of the following three prizes. 2,500 G4 materials of your choice. 1,000 independent credits or five officer badges. That is your prize for landing a hit. Now, community, we're not done. Bubba Joe, I'm going to draw another one. Right now. Right on the eve of a hit. There are four different directions you could go. Hmm. Very interesting. Tabby Moza. Tabby Moza, congratulations. You are the next contestant. You have an opportunity to guess another coordinate. Tabby Moza, you've been invited to the stage. Welcome to Talking Trek's Battleship. You've got a chance to hook up with some materials. Maybe some badges. Maybe some independent credits. Tabby Moza. Tabby Moza is here. You've been invited to voice. Do you need to play in text? Tabby Moza is here, Bubba. So they're going to get it. a guess. Tabby Moza is going to play text. in text. Absolutely. Perfect. Tabby Moza, let's step inside the Battleship War Room. Let's go. All right, here we go. You're in the War Room. You know, you know that Mimi just got a hit on B2. Tabby Moza, please give me your war room coordinates. Tabby Moza says B3. Strategically, that's a brilliant guess, Bubba Joe. I agree. I love that guess. Strategically, that is a brilliant guess. Tabby Moza. Let's do it. Computer. B3. Bravo. Three. Target acquired. Oh. Now, Tabby Moza, listen. You did a favor. You did a favor to the community. It was a brilliant guess. Probably the best guess you could have made. Unfortunately, you have now given the absolute answer to the rest of the community. That is Talking Trek's Battleship. Tabby Moza was not made a winner here today. 
But Mimi was, in fact, a prize winner. And now two guesses will make its way into the Battleship Clues Room, where you guys will be able to keep up with your Talking Trick Battleship play cards. The prizes will not stop, and nor will the Battleship, Bubba Joe. Listen, if we finish this one early, it's just sooner that we get to start the next one. It is Talking Tricks Battleship, and we will be playing on each and every show that I don't run out of, of time. What What did I say? Slip of the what? What did I say? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What did I say? Two of the next guesses could still be misses. All right, no, housekeeping says I gave it away. Let's think about this. B3. Oh. <laughs> it could <sighs> Well, you know. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> oh. I was just trying to give you a hint. You should, you should, you should call it DJ. You should go do chores with your wife. I was just trying to give you a hint. Why do you call it chores? That is not what I mean when I say that she's given me chores. I have actual chores, Bubba Joe. Like. Sure. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Are we done? Okay. Community Q&A, five minutes. You get five minutes left, community. I'm going to answer your questions on anything related to the game. That would be Fleet Commanders is what I intended, but I will give you an opportunity to sound off, ask your questions. You can come on stage if you like, but you'll have to be quick, the Batman. Welcome to the stage of Talking Trek. You've got 15 seconds. Go. My question is on the warp range for the Borg Armadas and anything about that. I've got no updates on warp range. It has been discussed. We are talking about it. I've made it very, very obvious that we would very much like to have the warp ranges increased. And again, going back to the same thing we talked about, Trader, last time with the Bajoran, like you can't get all the ships there. Need more ships. So uh, we keep talking about it. They've made no changes here thus so far. Um, let's see. Coming into the chat, Roger Workman says, will there be a treasury this month? Yes, there will. The date has not been released but there will be a Treasury Fill event this month that will be coming. Dragon Keeper says, are they going to start sourcing more indie credits? We've had many conversations about independent credits. Okay. I, I can't say much about that other than, like, they know we're fussing about it. Okay. I do think, I do think that there might be something, but, but I don't know. You remember my pitch, Bubba Joe. They've already taken step one of my pitch. And I know that something else is coming from my pitch. So maybe maybe they just let me die in my own fire. Maybe they're going to completely do the pitch and see if you guys like it. I don't know. But we'll see. I do not know. Should we expect any fleet command sourcing this month other than credit card or daily draw? Buyer's remorse on the one I chose. No, Aaron. I do not expect fleet command sourcing this month other than the daily fleet commander chest. Not for free to play. You obviously could buy it, but no, I don't expect anything else. There there was a couple of events, and I think there are still 
a couple of events that might give you a fleet commander shard or two fleet commander shards. There were a few events that will give you a shard or two, but no, nothing meaningful. It is that daily chest. All right. Um, Faison says, are they fixing the fleet commander skill point problem? What, what do you mean? The fact that it's finite? Is that what you're referring to? The fact that, that the skill points are finite? If that's what you're referring to, then they have assured me, Bubba, that there will be longer-term sourcing, but they're not introducing it yet because there are quite a few, like several thousand skill points uh, coming in events this month. So they weren't going to introduce any more. They say that the events are more than enough that you should spend them wisely and spend them timely and spend them strategically. There are, in fact, after all, Bubba Joe, two more leaderboards related to tiering and leveling. Yep. Not only your commander, but also your skill tree. So I would yep. be very cautious in how you use them, but no. What we have this month is what we have for this month, but I've been told that there is a longer source of plant, uh, a longer sort of... Uh, sourcing plant. Wardod is tapping my base. See, that's how you know we've been on too long, Trader. I started a shield at the beginning of the show. God. Well, you know, he's at least good as an alarm clock. Yeah, yeah. All my ships are dead now. Uh, Swagger says, what about Locutus sourcing? Uh, is that a real question? <laughs> Just kidding, Swagger. Uh, that's going to be That's going to be a pack. That's going to be a pack for at least up front. I don't know what his long-term plan is, but yeah, they sell on that one. And they'll probably make well, a lot of money on it, Bubba. They, are, are you certain of that? Or is it like a pack or it's going to be cash only? Oh, <laughs> it will be pay only. Okay. I don't know. It could be five packs. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> I have no idea. Woo! Uh, Tabby Moses, that's funny. He says, participation prize. Can I get six solo board directives? Yes, yes, Tabby Moses. If they don't veto that, I will award you six. <laughs> That'll annoy you forever, though, Tabby Moza. Because you'll never... you, you won't 600. You'll never... Yeah, just six. You'll never earn the rest of it. Like, that'll annoy you for the rest of the time. If you really want that that torture brought upon you, then I'll do it. Uh, when will Prime Charge Nanoprobes come to mobile stores? Tom, probably in the next week to 10 days. However, like, dude, like, dude, dude, go to a browser window on your phone and you can still buy it through the web store. And you get multiphasic. So, like, dude... If you need help figuring that out, let me know. But you you can still do that from a mobile phone. You just can't do it from inside the app. And you get, like, what, Bubba? 10, 20% value boost in the multi-phasic. So, like, you, you just do that through a mobile browser. Anybody here can show you how to do that then, okay? All right. Uh, Dr. Juby says, any update on the docs bug for incursions? No update yet. But they are working on it frantically. And, well, no, that's all I got for now. No official update. Okay. Um, let's see. Shawnee says, give me a hug. Okay, here you go. Hugs and kisses. All right, let me see. An ops upgrade event coming soon? 
I mean, I don't know that we've had an ops-specific upgrade event in, like, a couple of years. But now there are power gain events. We just had one yesterday on Saturday, so. Duval, it's easy. If you've got a free treasury this month and you think it's going to suck, then just don't use the free one. Like, skip it. <laughs> he says, obviously, it's going to suck because this is my free month. Well, then skip it. Save it for the next month. Uh, let's see. Hold on, my chat's jumping. Captain Planet says, have they been asked why the Defiant isn't usable in Borg Armadas? Uh, yes, they have been. But they just simply say that the boost ability is what you can use, but the ship ability was designed around Jem'Hadar. I'm not sure that I'm super, super excited about that narratively, Bubba Joe, but it's fine. Makes sense. I still use it. I, I kind of prefer not to fly it, to be honest with you, Captain Planet. I prefer to use a more powerful ship. So I'm fine. I'm fine not flying it. But I do still like the uh, the boost. And I am doing that. Benny Hill says, uh, are they going to release a Vidar skin pack? I don't know anything about it. That would be great if they do it, but I don't know. All right, let's see. One or two more minutes here, Bubba Joe. Why is there research for the jelly for Borg Armadas and not the Defiant? Probably just asked and answered. The Defiant was built for Jem'Hadar, and they didn't feel like including that over here. DJ. Yeah. How are the uh, the guesses coming along for uh, my trek to 60? Oh, you know what? I don't know. But I did, I did see in the Google Drive the other day that there were multiple answers. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Bubba Joe beers on the wall um i did post this right like did i make it public why won't it open okay here we go uh let's see responses well that's disappointing did we not make this public i don't know if you shared it or if you did it was only like you had to have been here to see the link well, yeah there's only five responses <laughs> and trader is one Arian is another. I'm one. And then two emails that I don't recognize. Jeez. I figured there would be more Maybe excitement over this. Maybe we should put this, this somewhere. Maybe <laughs> we should put this somewhere. Because lots of people in the chat are like, wait. Yeah, I kind of feel like there would have been, there was some more excitement about this when we did it. Uh, let's see. Where do I? How do I share this thing? that does not age well. I thought I, uh, where's the, 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 the button? Oh, send, send, right? Uh, okay, here we go. There's a joke there, EJ. What? What's the joke? You can't find the button. Uh -huh. Oh my God. What is wrong with you perverts? Wait, you stuck us on this podcast for almost five years. <laughs> All right, there I didn't it is. Even have to say it this it's time. in the graphics room. Bubba Joe beers on the wall contest. You guys can uh, can enter in. There's only been five answers. Let me know if there's a problem with that. If there's if there's a problem, then I'll investigate it. I don't know how this stuff works. All right, so hopefully that works for you guys. All right, there it is. Bubba Joe beers on the wall contest. All right, that's it. Time's up. <laughs> Time is up. I'll just skim in the chat to see if there was going to be anything else. 
All right. That's all I got for now. Thank you guys very much for being here. Man, this show. I cannot believe this, Bubba Joe. This is going to be a four and a half hour show. Probably more than that. Let's see. One, 321, uh, 340, 345 ish. I guess we've done 345 before, right? I think we have. We have. Okay. Oh, yeah, so, have. Th- so this isn't going to break four hours. Did it break four hours? Let's see. Let me do my math. Three, 26 plus 21. 347. All right, we didn't start it with a four. That's good. That's great. Whew. I was really sweating it there for a minute. You, you've done a podcast. You had to split into two podcasts. So I know, and I hated that. This time. I hated that. That was so bad because I know. it wasn't natural. It didn't feel good. Although, if I'd done that a couple of times last year, we would have hit episode 100. Just saying. <laughs> that's it. That's why it didn't work, Bubba Joe. That's why we didn't hit episode 100 because I didn't yes, split any episodes. I'm going to yep. go with that. Yep. All right. Uh, guys, thank you guys all for being here. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for being in the audience of Talking Trek. Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. I'd like to invite you to visit our website. That is TalkingTrekSDFC.com, where you can find links over to the Twitch, which may happen tomorrow, but probably Tuesday. I'll make an announcement as soon as I'm able. Uh, I got to do some coordination if I'm going to do it on Tuesday. It would make me happier to do it on Tuesday because it will be my biological date of birth. Like my actual escape anniversary day. All right. Uh, That is January the 17th. So we'll see. Uh, You can find our Twitch link on TalkingTrekSDFC.com. Also there, you can find a link over to our YouTube channel where we are cruising right along there with some replays of Twitch, Trader Plus, uh, some Quick and Dirties, and some produced shorts, and we've got another one or two of those coming this week. You will also find a link to our new merchandise store, Bubba Joe, where the product lineup is growing ever so slowly and consistently, but very good-looking stuff in there. I know a lot of you guys have already gotten it. If you have received merch, please... Put it in the show me your merch room. As a matter of fact, someone sent me a PM the other day. <coughs> someone sent me a PM the other day of their new ball cap Arian that they bought. They bought the antique one. It looked amazing. Like the, the stitching on it is great. So you guys be sure to check out the brand new merch store. And then also while you're there, lastly but not least, you can find a link to our gold Patreon program where just by donating $5 or more per month, you can turn your name gold. $10 or more gets your name on this very special list. And I just updated it, Bubba. There's a few name changes. Are you ready? Oh, no. Here we go. Lord Neelix, Lady Kess, Trader Tucker, More Stuck Hostels, Iron Chef, Virtual Army, D-Law, Mechrack, Hammerhead, Regis, Jayberg, Shady Pines, Big Shakes, Lobot, Auto Obsession, It's Hunter, Degora, Ransusi, Katana, Hank, Ape, DJ Gur, MC101, Late Nighter, Light Bull, Louis P, Zalvinar, Zinfried. Oh, my God. Scopely, please answer your customer service tickets. That's too long. I'm vetoing that. <laughs> that one's too long. Stormbringer, Bills Mafia, Bandetta, Darkside, Luke, Grog, Thorn, Archangel, Smoke, Mohawk. DJ's is a quesadilla man. <laughs> sure that's the right name? I don't think it's me. Jetski, Papa Smurf, Jason, Captain Jack Morris, Archer, Yusuke, Arian, the Professor. DJ's loves assaults. Has made the list, Bubba Joe. And Hani, Steve, Raxnar, Liam, and Dominus, Casey Jones, Ripper is God, Chronic Break, This Fella, Jesus Christ, Wet Willie Joe, K92, Darth Adama, Third Tail, General Chaos, Warren, A Fox, Judge Kren, G Force, but make us Captain Q, Plain Simple Garrett, Game Junior, Admiral Inwater, Chacha Roar, Scarlet Hawk, Looser Kendall, DJ's Games Are Rigged, Trader. That, I know that that came from Twitch. That's IJ's. That's Iris Jacks. DJ's Games Are Rigged. Pretty sure that was when he lost another bunch of toy mice. He got on the right horse. He wouldn't be so uh, bitter. 
Yeah, if you just, you know, played better games. You should just bet on me. Uh, Tactic, seven of nine, Jagga, never go full telly, Blue Mandalorian, Noxus, Accipiter, Furmax, Dr. Link, Clueless One, Schizoido, Likes a Bath, Welch, Kievo, Fighting Texas Aggie, Gunner, Mighty Croc, Unimatrix, Ensign, Shilvia, Shilly, The the Web, Balabomb, Fart Monster Max, King 0101, D-Chesty, Nom Nom, Garf 1, Medic 213, Dark Knight, Hypnofly, Stratoblaster, Pixelate, Lost In, and Buddy. And also, real quick, Trader, this is a total... Oversight on my part, but I would like to thank our Nitro Boosters. And and the reason that that came to my attention is is we had we must have had some subscriptions expire. We almost lost. Like this is this is actually really serious, guys. We almost lost our community status because uh, of our boosts. So uh, thank a special thank you to Ripper who came through and gave like two or three boosts just to save our status. But we would. Uh, it's not something we talk about very often, Trader, but if you would be willing to boost our server, give us a little bit of breathing room. We've got to keep 13, I think, or 15, whatever it is. And we actually fell the other day, and Ripper uh, so selflessly came in and boosted the server. Uh, we would appreciate you guys boosting the server as a Nitro booster. But you know what, Trader? I don't blame people for not because I never thank them. I completely forget about it. It's on the bottom of my list. I'm going to try to start reading those. So I would like to say thank you to... Uh, and Hani and Bad Boy Brat Captain Mark Delisle Arian Matt Dog Orion Paximus Ripper Shady Pines Tactical Mosquito and the Wicked Witch for keeping our Discord server. Guys, you don't know if we lost some of those tier three benefits, it would seriously impact our ability to do a show here on Discord. So very very special thank you to those guys. I'm sorry I don't read your names nearly often enough, but uh, I do very much appreciate your your giving to our server because. That contributes to the bandwidth, contributes to the audio quality, and contributes to our our audience size and everything. You guys are able to be here because of our Nitro Booster, so thank you so much to them for giving to Talking Trek. A registered trademark and recorded in front of a live studio audience for distribution across podcast platforms everywhere. I am your friendly neighborhood, Cat Borg, Feline of Nine, saying meow for now. Love you, mean it. Catch you on the next one. You guys have a great night, everybody. And remember, resistance is adorable. See you on the next one. Bye.